0: Ladies and gentlemen, the show is about to start in ten, nine,
1: eight, 9, You'll be fine.
2: It's time for Inside the Gamecocks, the show!
0: Built by the Barnabinium Company, served by Chicken Cock Whiskey, and part of the Chief Sports Network. Touchdown Carolina! Touchdown Ace Sanders! (laughs) (laughs) Pressure! And just dives in!
3: Bill Mulenax, and Jamie Bradford.
0: All right,
4: greetings and good morning. Welcome aboard and welcome home. Inside the Gamecocks, the show live from the Rama Studios, the preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics, located in West Columbia, right across the Congaree River from where the University of South Carolina sits. It is Gamecock owned and operated by our friend everybody's friend Matt Vaughn. He is a Gamecock is himself. Sunorama.com. We of course of course are built by the Barn Doco, the barnadiumco.com. Your dream home can be built for as low as 160 bucks per square foot. They I actually just spoke with Alicia this morning. She's up in Dunn, North Carolina, opening a brand new brick and mortar uh, building for the Barn Dominium Co., which just continues to grow as one of the nation's best builders. We're honored to be partnered with them. If you live up in that area, the Raleigh area, and you're looking at doing something like this, guess what? Good news. They're now right down the street. The TheBarnDominiumCo.com. And, of course, it's the weekend or the freaking weekend, as Phil likes to say. Uh, but every day is a good day for chicken cock whiskey. And you can find it in the app, the Chief Sports app, by clicking the Chicken Cock Challenge. A familiar face in the upper left-hand corner, that would be Schubert. He's returned. We found him. Uh, He was passed out in five points from a binger a couple of nights ago, but it's all good. Uh, We've got him back uh, at least to end the weekend here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Can't thank all of you enough for being with us yesterday. I'm kidding about that, guys. He's been working. Uh, We can't thank uh, everybody enough for being with us yesterday uh, as Shane Beamer, Steven Garcia, and Chad Holbrook. Three different conversations, but really great ones. Uh, We're able to join us here on our program And uh, John Strickland will be joining us a little bit later on. He got to know Coach Saban a little bit. Uh, John played against him when he played with the Gamecocks. The LSU Tigers uh, took down South Carolina back in 03, the same year that they won the national championship, if you'll remember. Uh, So we'll kind of go into the way back uh, machine and talk about some of that stuff. But then also talk about what's going on with Gamecock football. There's been movement over the last uh, 24 hours or so. JC's been all over it. Uh, the coaching staff is coming together, so so to speak, uh, and also maybe some more news and familiar news in the NCAA transfer portal uh, for Carolina at a position of need as well. Looks like they're going to get that one flipped too. Uh, so we'll get into all that. Carolina basketball with a big game tomorrow in Columbia, Missouri at 3.30 on the SEC network. Uh, if you haven't figured it out yet, college basketball is wild more upsets last night i was looking at it yesterday and thinking to myself man something wonky could happen again uh tonight in college hoops and uh it did so we will we'll get into all that here just a little while and then and kind of lead you into the weekend but uh, glad to have everybody the Sports chat box is open and alive and well and we're glad to see you matt dog schubert good morning what's up um
3: Uh, studio south today (laughs) uh got the planes trains and automobiles type of situation i was delayed at o'hare for seven hours uh got into town met whittle out for a little dinner and i couldn't get to sleep so i just loaded up on sleeping medicine (laughs) and slept through yesterday's episode i'll just i'll just be a man and admit that i apologize but you know how they say the show must go on, and you guys obviously had an outstanding show without me. <laughs> I was like, they are not want me to come back. You know, I was like, you can't, it can't get you much better than Beamer and Steven
4: Garcia. Uh-oh. Did we lose him? Well, I lost
5: him. He froze.
4: He is frozen. At least he's smiling. That's a good thing. Uh, right. We'll,
5: yeah. We will him a good spot. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Good. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll get that, get that, uh, worked on and fixed. Yeah. If you happen to miss any of that yesterday, please go ahead and check it out. But then obviously, uh, part of the, but one of the things we'll continue to pro- promote with Coach Holbrook is, um, is his podcast, which is, I mean, it's beyond sensational. And, and the, the interview with, um, with Charles Eston is awesome. He texted me this morning and apparently that real, so Charles Eston, also has promoted himself, uh, his appearance on Chin Music and us, uh, because Coach Holbrook is in, in that group is under our network now. So Charles, thankfully, we—I've never met him. Uh, look forward to meeting him one day. But um, has promoted all of this. Anyways, uh, within 24 hours, uh, the, the reel that they had put out. Um, b- b- partly because of what we did yesterday. And then Charles S got like over 35,000 listens. Um, nice. so that's pretty neat. And we, we really appreciate that. And, um, so yeah, it was a lot of fun yesterday. I had some fun with Shane, um, and Stephen, And, uh, they told some really in sto- interesting stories. None of us knew, uh, pretty, pretty hard to believe that Nick Saban's first day in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, Shane Beamer was one of his interviews. That was pretty interesting, Phil. Um, it was also interesting that Alabama students mistaked mis- were, had mistaken Steven Garcia as a Mexican guy. That's 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 pretty disturbing. Um that that they couldn't figure out that, <laughs> that
5: was the best line of the show yesterday. He texted right me last brand. night and he
4: was like, dude, I'm really sorry. I said for what? He goes, because I was drinking beer and cussing on your show.
5: (laughs) He's not the first,
4: and he won't be the last. He won't be the last. Uh, (laughs) uh, Steven, you think I didn't think about that possibility before we asked you to come on? Come on, man. We've been doing this a long time, brother. Um, So, uh, yeah, it was was a lot of fun. And uh, JC, I did. We did mention yesterday uh, to Coach Beamer about your report that Belichick, Carroll, and Saban would all be joining South Carolina staff and off-field roles, but he had no comment. <laughs> yeah,
3: that's pretty- uh, yeah, that's a good. Uh, that's a good question to ask. Certainly,
4: yeah, <laughs> uh,
3: I can see. Uh, I think Bill Belichick will be coaching again. I think he's going to get the Falcons job. Um, I think
4: both both of the NFL guys are going to coach again. Carroll wants to coach.
5: Yeah, you could tell that by his presser. He's he's not ready to go. <laughs> no. Oh, no, no. Pete.
3: Well, Pete's one of those young and hard guys, anyway. I mean, mm-hmm. I've
5: I got a chance to meet
3: him once when he's a Southern Cal. Nicest guy you'd ever want to meet in your life. Like, really? Yeah. It was not a surprise why he recruited well. And, um, <clears throat> excuse me. A lot of times, guys like that don't do well in the NFL because they it's the, the rah rah gets old. But he found a way to kind of he almost was psychological like Nick Saban before we knew about Nick Saban. He's didn't stay in college long enough for us to kind of dig in. Uh, but he found a way to communicate with the pros. And they say like the Seahawks players that played for him, they stay in the area. They treat it like it's their college team. Like they follow it and just because they love Pete that much. So um, one of the nice guys uh, in, in, in all of football. And, uh, you know, just kind of a, a crazy thing. And And, and I think – if you're a Gamecock fan out there, and you get on our message board, maybe you get tired of it. Sometimes I got on Alabama's message board today, and uh, the sky is falling. <laughs>
1: no, <laughs> so I don't, don't, I
3: don't feel bad about message board overreactions if you're a Gamecock fan, because it happens even to the the best of the best. So
4: yeah, I and we, we haven't had a chance to 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 t- <laughs> man, I'm. <laughs> If you guys, if you if you don't follow shooter McGavin on Twitter, like you I
1: do. You
4: totally like Twitter sucks, you know, I'd say 90% of the time because people suck. But Shooter McGavin just doesn't suck. Uh this is the best Twitter follow out there. He he tweeted a picture of the Dolphins players. Uh, on the sideline tomorrow night in Kansas city, where it's going to be negative nine degrees. And it was a snapshot of the Jamaican bobsled team oh in the God. airport. <laughs> uh-uh.
3: <laughs> that movie of uh, cool runnings. That was a good movie about <laughs> Jamaican bobsled team.
4: Yo, yeah. It's, it's, it's one of the, like that's not, that hasn't come up. I don't, I haven't heard it at least on JC and Morgan. And we haven't talked about it here, but you want to do fiver and dimer. That is a dimer. All the, that's a hundred dollar bill million dollar bill dimer for me every time it's on i watch it every single time (laughs) (laughs) did i tell y'all we met shooter mcgavin like uh the guy the actor the actor told me before i did yeah new york city yeah we were ordering a sandwich behind him at the five-star deli in times square we were in that we were in this little deli it's really small we were in there with um what's his name uh um Oh, gosh. What's his name? Um, oh, the his actor. Act- the uh, actor. I keep wanting to say Ryan, but it's not Ryan. Come on, JC,
5: you know. Christopher McDonald.
4: Christopher McDonald. Yeah, yeah. He was. We were in this little deli, and he, not only was he in there, but so was the naked cowboy. In this little deli. It was like no bigger than our kitchen. We're standing in between the naked cowboy and Shooter McGavin where are you New York City
3: yeah in in Times Square
4: yeah it was crazy couldn't believe it couldn't believe it anyways (laughs) uh so we haven't had you on JC since um it's this how long it's been since JC's been on Pete Carroll retired or (laughs) Pete Carroll got let go whatever Bill Belichick stepped down and Nick Saban retired that's how long it's been since uh that's crazy all that happened in 24 hours but um Jeez, so you know, we, I, I felt like the right thing to do the last couple of days around here uh, was to, to <laughs> let this thing breathe and let like let's like yesterday we took some different angles. Clearly, we went back to 2010 to make sure that we could pull the Gamecock side into it as we're a Carolina program, and and brought Steven on to talk about that, um, and uh, and obviously wanted to get a sitting head coach's opinion, and so we had Shane Beamer and. and And, J.C., one of the interesting angles we took with Coach Holbrook on this was, you know, Coach Holbrook, when he went to South – or when he took over at South Carolina, he followed the dude. And it's hard to follow the dude. And it doesn't matter, like, what message board banter is out there, what Twitter hero is out there. Like, although Coach Holbrook missed the postseason uh, twice in five years at South Carolina, he also went to the Super Regionals twice. And he was in the postseason three out of five years. Like, it's hard to follow the dude. And he was – just a game or two shy of going to Omaha twice. You know, so like it's it's it, and had he gotten to Omaha, that would have been deemed that period would have been deemed a, a total success. Well, we look we look up and Sacron still hasn't been to Omaha since coach Tanner stepped down. So it is very very difficult as we've seen in any level of sport over any level of time or any amount of time that following the guy is like next to impossible it seems. So We wanted to be able to discuss that yesterday from different angles and give Nick Saban his due. Like, it it drives me, and I know why people do it. It, There's ratings, and this is it's the hot button topics. JC, we've been doing this forever, you know. Like everybody just wants to talk about who's next, and they fight and bitch and moan about that, and like that 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 didn't feel right to me. Uh, And and so we we felt like we need to talk about how great this guy has been, what he's done uh, for college athletics, and and what he's done really for people in general and he might be able to do a lot more. We'll talk I want to get your take on that a little bit later. But like now that the dust has kind of settled, uh we I feel like the time is right because Alabama has to make a move quickly. Let me ask you this. Mad Dog said this yesterday and and I think um I think uh, the Golden Tones echoed his Mad Dog's thoughts here that they felt like there was a plan in place. Now, Sabin, I listened to the whole 25-minute interview he did with Reese Davis, and there's a reason why this guy has done what he's done. He's brilliant. But Saban literally said that at 3.55 p.m., he had to walk into a team meeting, and when he walked in there, he had one of two things to tell him. One, get up on the horse and let's go. it's time to, It's time for ball. Or two, I'm out. And in the last five minutes, he spoke to his wife, and she said, I'll support whatever decision you make, and he decided to tell them I'm retiring. Five minutes before he walked in, he didn't know what he was going to say. So in hearing that, do you believe that there was some sort of plan in place at Alabama that maybe he had had these discussions with the administration but obviously just doesn't want to come out and publicly say that because it probably wouldn't help them a whole lot um, moving forward? I would think so. I'm just thinking about what happened at
3: South Carolina. Um, There were – Lou Holtz retired, I think, technically before – I think it was running for Carolina, got beat by Tennessee that that year. uh, With Florida left. I think they had an open week in Florida and Clemson remaining. And uh, it came out after the fact that – you know, Holtz had informed McGee then, and that that gave McGee a chance to get with Spurrier and get that deal done essentially by the time Lou announced his retirement. Now, Spurrier almost retired, thought about it. So there's two different times. This is, this is almost had Spurrier thought about for about a day after 2013 hanging it up mm-hmm. and going out with Connor. But I think he really enjoyed coaching Dylan Thompson and. That whole offseason, the Gamecocks were hyped through the moon, right? <laughs> uh, top 10 team in the preseason and all that. So I think he felt like he'd have a pretty good team coming back. I think he just listened to Lorenzo Ward. And obviously, Whammy was terribly wrong about that defense. Um, and, and then there was the 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 period after the, or before the Independence Bowl where he made the two or three more years comment. And then he thought it looked over after the Clemson game that year. For about 24 hours, uh, they were about to go into coaching search search search, search mode. Mm-hmm. And then I, th- I think his family – his family all lived here. They're like, yeah, what are you going to do if you don't coach? You don't need to go out like that. let So he came back. And then the final time when he finally left was uh, – it was before – my understanding was before the LSU game, after that Central Florida game, um, Carolina struggled with those guys. They didn't win a single game that year uh, and all that stuff. Um, so, I uh, that was not it was, it was it, he. I think Tanner probably had about a week heads up. Uh, and then after that LSU game, uh, he was just like, well, it's time. It's time to, to get on out of Dodge and uh, let somebody else take over. So, just in the experiences here. You know those things weren't exactly random, right? Mm-hmm. But they weren't exactly uh, you know something that you could prepare for for a long time. Yeah, I think in this situation, it just there's been rumors, man, the whole year. Okay, I'll be honest. Credible okay. people have been telling me. Wimp Sanderson said that, and everybody said he called him a senile old man. <laughs> Because Sanderson, Sanderson said he heard Saban was going to retire on the air, like midway through the season. He just picked it up. And you guys know Wim Sanderson is, uh, he started coaching basketball there with Bear Bryant was there, you know? So he's, he's an Alabama institution. Uh, and he, and he was, he certainly lit up a victory cigar the other night, but, um, so this is this has been out there all year. So I can't imagine Greg Byrne, to, it just completely floored him. Uh, I just think, as is the case with a lot of these guys, it's really hard to walk away from this. I mean, if you're Nick Saban and you're process-oriented thinking and you're a creature of habit, I mean, it's got to terrify you to say, say, well, I don't have to go in the office anymore and, you know, all that. Um, of course, he's going to keep an office there, but uh, I, I think the, I think the actual decision was something that sort of I, I believe what he said. It was it it, it could have gone either way, mm-hmm. um, and, and it was kind of funny because I, I watched that South Florida game pretty closely. That was after Georgia Carolina, and I I went to Twin Peaks and the Vista, and they have uh, TVs all all around, and there was a close up on Nick Saban's face when they were struggling against South Florida, he just looked older. Like he looked like he had aged. He's one of those guys that ages quite well, frankly, you know, has a nice tan all the time, but he just looked old. Mm -hmm. I was like, he looks old. Now he looked, he started looking younger as they started winning again, but Mm -hmm. I get it from him. Um, I I understand, you know, if you can't do it a hundred percent, you don't want to coast and you see what's happened. uh, You see what's happened to Bobby, happened to Bobby Bowden right sad uh a lot of legendary guys bear bryant even you know his last team at alabama lost the liberty bowl to illinois it Was i think they were seven and five so you know i think there's something to be said going out maybe not at the top it would have been nice very few can do that peyton manning comes to mind you know coaches i don't ray tanner almost you know but uh there's something to be said of going out at the you know when when you're still winning championships and uh and calling it a career and i also think this he, he had an interesting quote with reese too about tv you don't start a tv career when you're 80 someone told him well guess what he's 72 yeah <laughs> and a young 72 and i think he'll be fantastic on television i do too fantastic
4: mm. I, mean, I agree I think,
3: uh, I think i think he's replaced, he'll replace corso um, of course, it will be around on, on the set as long as he wants. But um, I just, uh, I you know, I I, I think Nick Saban, gee, I'll eat it up, man. I'll listen. I'll start watching Sports uh, Game Day again to hear him yeah. talk. I mean, I, I turn on his press conferences sometimes just to get advice about life, you know, and listen to his speeches and stuff. I mean, he's got he he knows more. He he is a great teacher of a lot of things. Let's just say that.
4: Yeah. If, if, if you like, if, if Nick Saban were to do that, um, and I'm with you, I think he will go into TV and I think he should go into TV. And naturally, it would be on ESPN. He fits, uh, he's very close with that group of guys. Um, I think it changes for what it's worth that pregame show totally. I think, this direction and i'm a fan of game day like i know some people out there hate it that's fine um you know they they had when you are in media and tv and things like that guys as we well know i mean i'm pretty well versed in this you have to make decisions sometimes that that at the end of the day reflect the bottom line and cater to the audience that you've got now Sometimes that excludes the audience, some of the audience that you've had. Um, And it stinks. But, like, these are hard decisions to make. And I'm not saying I agree with every decision game day's made. I think there's some talent on there that needs to go away. Um, I don't even know that I consider it talent. But – the show has actually gone over the last couple of years to more of an entertainment style and less of an information style, which is why we all started watching game day years ago, because it gave you so much information. It teed you up for the whole day of college football. If you bring Nick Saban into that, while there is an entertainment side of him, he, he is actually pretty entertaining. He's sneaky and funny. You, you have to go to the information because he's full of it. And people listen, as you just mentioned, JC, if he has a speech, Shane said on the show yesterday, he's um uh, Nick's written some books, and he's been part of a bunch of books, and this, that, and the other. And Chandra said, I've read every book that Nick Saban's had anything to do with because you learn so much. And I, and, and so, like, if he's speaking on life, if he's speaking on school, if he's speaking on football, whatever it is, and people see that he's speaking, they stop and listen. And, uh, and so if he does do inter, uh, the entertainment industry, get into television, yeah, I think there's going to have to be some adjustments made. I think he will do that. I'm with you. Uh, and I think it'll make everybody better. And I also think this, JC. Not to, um, I'll, I'll, I'll say this. I know we got to step aside, but but I want to, I want, I want to hold your response on this because I know it'll be a lengthy response. Mm-hmm. I think that Nick Saban can 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 get college football right by not coaching, and I don't know that that's his. I don't know that that's, like, his goal or his plan. Um, I think as the dust settles, he will find that he can be an incredible asset to the future of this sport and college athletics in general. And you know what I'm talking about here, transfer portals, NIL, getting all these things in line where there's some sort of structure. There's a lot of that stuff that he could not do as a head coach and couldn't come out and speak on. In my opinion, this is my opinion, and again, this is I'm going to say all this and let you think about it through the break and then respond when we get back so you can have the whole floor, because they will hold that against you when you're recruiting. Like, if you say one thing that that in any way, shape, or form is deemed negative towards, you know, players' rights and NIL and all these things, you will get hammered inside these living rooms. And, and I think that now that he's not going to be inside those living rooms, Nick Saban – can be a little bit more vocal and a little bit more instrumental in getting things in line with where they need to be for the future of college athletics. So I, I, I'm going to end that there. I'm going to say I'm going to I want to say that. But when we come back, JC, um, get your response to it. I'll shut up and listen. And uh, and Mad Dog can um, well Mad Dog can do whatever Mad Dog does because he's you know he's uncontrollable. So let's um yeah. well, just, okay. <laughs> let's hang tight. Uh, Inside the Gamecocks, the show always powered by our friends at Electric Bikes of Charleston. We got to get Beamer on one of those electric bikes. And uh, so we'll work on that during the break, too. Hang tight. We'll be right back. Gamecock Traditions, South Carolina's elite retailer for anything Gamecock related. The best selection for basketball, baseball, football, tailgating, kids' stuff, and everything else. If it's got the Gamecock logo, it's got to be at Gamecock Traditions. Most importantly, they ship it to your doorstep. Order online at GamecockTraditions.com, where there's always a sale. Gamecock Traditions. GamecockTraditions.com. A tradition unlike the others.
1: South Carolinians, this message is for you, as well as for people in Georgia, Florida, and Tennessee. ga.com schedule a no hassle free inspection today wind damage hail damage or just wear and tear don't settle for second best let jeremy johnson and elite roofing and restoration take care of it all for you today
4: nana's porch nana's porch.com at nana's porch they cater weddings parties and all kinds of special events their meals are served buffet style in seconds they're encouraged Plus, they can bring their mobile food unit to bring on-site and serve your guests as a unique alternative for your catering needs. Inquire about rentals as well. NanasPorch.com. Find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Three three six two five nine seven five five zero. 259 7550
1: This is Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Here are your hosts, J.C. Sherbert, Bill Mullinax, and Jamie Bradford.
4: Bless us. Great place we call the state of South Carolina. Welcome back inside the Gamecocks, the show built by the Barndo Co. JC Schubert, he's on his cell phone. Uh, Phil and myself here till two o'clock this afternoon. John Strickland will be joining us coming up at uh, uh, one o'clock as well. JC, I mentioned what I mentioned before the break. About um, Nick Saban's future. And we'll get into the candidates and things like that in just a little bit. Um, not that anybody cares about my opinion because I have said from day one, I think Lane Kiffin would be the next guy. We have no scoop. Uh, so we'll talk about that, it a little bit of a different way. They're not, they're not,
3: it doesn't seem like they're pursuing Lane.
4: Yeah. Well, that's exactly what intrigues me about it. Um,
3: Keep in mind, Alabama is very, we hadn't had an Alabama coaching search in 17 years. And right. There are about three of them right before Saban right in a row. Yep. And let's just say they're interesting with how they operate. It's different than Auburn. A lot different.
4: Yeah, I mean, Greg Byrne's statement the other day said, anything you hear is a rumor and uh, nothing will be true until you hear from me again, and that will be announcing the next head coach. Uh, (laughs)
0: I'll
4: take you back to their last
3: search. My buddy uh, Tim that owns BamaOnline.com, Made a coaching searches in, in our, our website business. That's when you make the most money with subscriptions. Sure. Because people want to talk about it. They won't skip. They want they glued to their computer 24 hours a day. Uh, pe- people wonder when we make money. That, that's that's when you really grow your website. So 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 let's go back to that Alabama search, right? The first names were Nick Saban and Steve Spurrier. Yep. Um, <laughs> and so their fans were they just got they just dumped Mike Shula, you know, their native son. Um, it's so a spurrier. Talked to Mal Moore about it, and, and so there are reports on that, and that's obviously a big seller. And then Saban kind of turned it down, and the Saban had that I'm not going to be the Alabama coach thing. So then they're all set to hire Rich Rodriguez from West Virginia, and 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 that was done, and then he turns it down. So this thing lasted through Christmas, right? Mm-hmm. It was a long search, and Mal Moore went seventh grade girl stalker. Uh, went to Miami and just would not take no for an answer. And, and it, apparently when you read up on it, he knew Saban wanted to come back to college. He knew that that was kind of in his heart. And Miss Terry uh, helped get the deal done mm-hmm. with, with Moore. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and and then they came and he, Saban lands. And, Dag. there's people lined the streets uh, in, of the campus. And this woman runs up and kisses him on the cheek. Roll Tide, and and during that same time period, man, the TV the TV stations in Alabama during that time, I don't know what they're like now. They love to just break, pretend like they were breaking news that was like a rumor, like there were reports Spurrier was taking the job. A couple of years later, there was a report that Spurrier was taking the Auburn job.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, they reported twice that Saban was taking it. Uh, it was it, it it gets wild. So I, w- I would tell everybody, you know, it is Alabama. They've been class of college football for years but they've been very fortunate to have Nick Saban there for that long uh it, it's a place that's like I said it's very interesting how they operate very and, and this guy now this guy you know he went out and hired Nate Oates for basketball nobody even knew who he was that's why I think Kalen DeBoer could be the next coach at Bama.
4: could be and it'd be a great hire I mean, he's won everywhere. I mean, guys, guys, just phenomenal. If it is, I, I still think that Lane has the mental capacity to handle the gig, uh, and with all the additional resources, goodness gracious, what Lane Kiffin could do, especially in this thing that they call the transfer portal, uh, which they're going to have to hit hard if they lose a bunch of players during this transition. But JC, the transfer portal is part of college football now that really just is not regulated, and the NCAA continues to just get more and more out of the way. I, I think that as I, as we pointed out before the break, that Nick Saban could do more for college football by not being the head coach somewhere.
3: Yeah, I wrote that down like a czar. I mean, maybe not. Maybe just a, somebody that can, even if he. uh Even even if he's just a, uh, I don't know on 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 game day, right? He has that kind of megaphone. He he he's a smart enough guy that communicates his points well through the media, to where people are going to pick up on that, and people are going to you know, they're going to listen. You know, he's he's Nick Saban, Mm -hmm. Uh, and and what I what I've always admired about the guy, he'll be brutally honest about what's good for the game as a whole. And, and not and – not wasn't all he's necessarily you – know, and he'd always turn around and say, we're going to do at Alabama what well, gives us the best advantage possible within the rules. Mm-hmm. He was honest about that. Well, he said, we're, we're going to adapt because those are the rules. But are these rules good for the game? You know, opting out of bowl games, that was a pet peeve of his. You know, um, yeah. and notice a lot of his players didn't opt out. You know, and, and this unlimited portal thing and NIL and all that, uh, I think in many ways – you know, he, he, a lot of that's like out of his control. And he's a guy that they, they, they that's a no go for, for guys that are wired like Nick Saban. But do I think he could help fix the problems in college football? Absolutely. Cause I, I mean, he has, you know, not just people like me, but fans from all school. He has everybody's trust too. Right. You know, people trust that guy, you know, yep. when, when he talks and what he says, and, you know, about doing what's best for the game. And so I absolutely agree with you that college football will miss the opportunity if they don't take the advantage of him kind of not being aligned uh, or not being a coach anymore uh, and, and kind of lean on him uh, and that brain of his, you know, to figure out what's best for the, um, for the, the sport as a whole, you know, cause there are obviously some problems with the sport these days and it's, it's changing rapidly. Uh, and in any kind of institution and college football is an institution, uh, technically, that changes this rapidly runs the risk of collapse. Uh, and, and that's true. If you look through history, governments and any kind of like this much radical change uh, at this point in time. You know, it can collapse an institution if it's not handled properly by all
5: involved. Yeah. I would say, and and you know, this thought that has been getting kicked around here, uh, I think Chip Kelly even said it. Like, if football were to break away from the other sports outside of the NCAA and just be its own, into college football as its own entity, uh, my first choice would be <laughs> Coach Saban, to be the the commissioner of said league or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, but like you said, JC, I don't think. You don't need to give him a title, and that I mean, it's an old reference. But Sabin's E.F. Hutton, you know, when he speaks, everybody listens. So, just a platform would be enough for him, I think, to wield power and influence over the game itself. Um, and if the universities were going to approach the NCAA, you know, in a way that wasn't quite so adversarial to make some changes to the portal, to the structure of the off the field organization. Um, He would be critical in that to be able to communicate with both sides uh, and have both sides listen and not just kind of throw him away.
3: Yeah, I'm with you. And somebody asked about Alabama's NIL situation, probably not top of the league, but not, I mean, obviously, uh, toward there, there. They, I mean, they got they got money. I mean, they're uh, and, and then just their regular money, their revenue they bring in every year for football. And I mean, here's what having having great football can do for you. Alabama, University of Alabama's enrollment has grown 51 percent since Saban <laughs> has took over as the head coach. Uh, and and yeah, I told the kids up. Uh, in my neck of the woods where i live uh there's a school uh saint oh it's providence providence catholic because moose was thinking about going there they have an enrollment agreement with alabama to where every kid that graduates from there with uh, i guess a three two or higher and a certain sat is automatically admitted that's from chicago to alabama i mean they if you look at their campus they're they certainly built a lot of football facilities they build a lot of dorms too You know, Tuscaloosa's, you know, had some construction. And so it's just the value that he's brought to them is unbelievable. But, yeah, as far as their NIL goes, they've got such a passionate fan base, man. And it's it's really 70 to 30 in that state, Bama versus Auburn. Um, Don't get me wrong, there's a lot of Auburn fans, but uh, Alabama's got them outnumbered. So getting a bunch of those folks to chip in five, ten bucks a month isn't a problem. (laughs) Not a problem. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, somebody asked if uh, yeah, if Lane would crush it. At I agree. I, I just think somebody mentioned here uh, they want a more buttoned up coach than Lane Kiffin. I think Lane would be the perfect guy because if Lane comes in and, and he has to get fired in three or four years, you know, well, he's different. We all had a lot of fun, a lot of laughs, a lot of we had some good times when Lane was the coach. Let's move on. You know, last time they replaced a the legend. Well, the Latin, really, you, if you count Gene Stallings, who went out on his own, you know, Ray Perkins, that's not an exciting hire. Uh, Mike yeah. Dubose was definitely not an exciting hire. All those uh, Ellis Johnson told me one time Mike Dubose was the best football coach you'd ever been around, like brilliant, like mind wise. Uh, so it <laughs> just doesn't always work out, and, you know. But uh, if I were Alabama, I'd go in it. I'd either go hire like the best coach I possibly could, like DeBoer, who, who's going to probably win regardless. Uh, is he a fit and all that? I don't know. Um, or you, uh, or you go hire somebody that, that that will come in and have a lot of fun, and you shoot your shot and see if it'll work out, and then you fire him in a couple years if it doesn't, and start over. But um, that 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 I, I am I am honestly surprised that they're not talking to Lane. Uh and they, they, you know, apparently not targeting him or or Dabo Sweeney from what Chris Lowe said last night. So that's that's surprising to me.
4: Yeah, I th- <clears throat> first of all, back to your comment a minute ago, the the value he's brought to the University of Alabama and quite frankly the state of Alabama, because those a lot of those people stick around. Uh very similar to what Coach Burrier did when he came to South Carolina. I mean, enrollment shot up and, uh, and it became, you know, this became a cool place to play or yeah, it became a cool place to play, but a cool place to go to school. Um, back then, uh, you could, if y'all remember 05, 06, 07, you know, 08, 09, like that era, how many Thursday night games were played, uh, where they were the only, the only thing on TV, and, and you had, you know, 2001, and then eventually, you know, Sandstorm became a thing in 09. But at the end of the day, under under Steve Spurrier, and this is back before the SEC Network, remember, kicked in, the Gamecocks were always on national television, I mean, largely always on national television. And and it became very, very popular. And, and now here in 2024, uh, you know, you look at the student body at South Carolina, and a lot of them are, are from – Places nowhere near here same thing at alabama you know garcia was talking about a lot of them yesterday he couldn't figure out that he was not mexican um which that was a very <laughs> funny story but it also just goes to show you that you know students are students and they come from all over the place and they they show up and they you know it you know they act like they've been around a long time and they haven't um not, not like us you know we we grew up in this this is our heritage this is what we know and understand and love and these guys, you know, they, they move down here and go to school because it's cool. But that's what that's what happened with um, with Bama, as you're pointing out, JC. So like, you know, he that's the reach that he's got, and beyond uh, like beyond w- what we can see with our eyeballs. I mean, he he can make things happen when he speaks, and and and. I mean, can anybody name anything that Nick Saban's ever done that was detrimental to anything, anything at all? Did uh, he ever well, say he made anything? That guy cry did, he, did he the Dolphins? You know, yeah. He, did, did, <laughs> did, did, did he ever cheat? Uh, did he ever lie to anybody? Did he? He uh, did. None.
3: You're aware. Been a Scandal.
5: Yeah.
3: <laughs> I am not going to be the next Alabama head coach. How many times have to say it? Yeah, but he felt really bad about that, and he was in a tough spot because he's trying to coach it. And and yeah, I do. He's the type of guy too that if he has to lie to protect his team, he probably would, Mm -hmm. because it's all about the team for him. And he did right because he did. He wanted. I think the Dolphins are sort of in the playoff hunt or whatever, and no distractions. And and the media can be unsufferable, you know, and uh, when they keep asking the same thing, so I get it. But, right. uh, I mean, somebody mentioned a Rock. Is there a rocket Sanders rumor out there somewhere?
4: Uh, let's not get it's, off on that. That's that's yeah. just that, 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 <laughs> people are freaking it's, morons, dude. I swear to god, social media, and we're not a- even talking about that. That's not even a discussion, guys. End it, it's over. We're not bringing that into okay, our good. conversation. Yeah. Well. I, I look for yeah, something, there's not even anything on my message. Jesus, board, so. guys, I know. <laughs> I, I I cannot believe that people sit on freaking player Instagram pages and freak out. like – oh my god oh, find something that, to buy yeah, a bicycle I don't comment on that you know i mean go Get out electric grass. like do something like that's enough that's just that's if amazing. you're
3: in chicago now you could go snow blow my driveway
4: yeah i mean Dude, 10 fast. to
3: 12 yeah. inches I, oh my by the way my flight already got canceled for tonight so i'm in i'm in columbia one more night
4: <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> worst place. Yeah, I,
3: seven hour delay lost my bag Fly home gets canceled for and, and, and i build it up i should have never said anything i was like you know honey we're gonna give united a shot because yeah i'm a southwest guy and i was like they have three direct flights to Colombia every day nobody else really flies into columbia direct blah 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 and um and this happens <laughs>
4: yeah that is the uh, nature of the flying beast I even yeah. signed
3: up for their rewards program. I was like, "We'll build some, you know, because I'm gonna have to start coming down a bunch." And uh, it, uh, I said, "We'll build some points, get some free flights." Boy, they fly everywhere. I'm, a, I'm like Mister United Airlines, and then text, "Oh, your flight, your plane's broken." So it's kind of like Norm McDonald came along. Hey, your plane's broken. We gonna have to delay about uh, about six hours because <laughs> we have to go get a new plane then <laughs> <laughs> this morning, it's like, hey, yeah, there's a lot of snow in Chicago. So uh, your flight's canceled. You got to leave at 621 a.m. tomorrow. <laughs>
4: yeah.
3: Happy. Thanks for flying
1: United. <laughs>
4: yeah, right. Well, <laughs> uh, with all the weather that's going on out there, I, I did see that tomorrow night, I, I mentioned it earlier, uh, the tweet from Shooter McGavin. But I, what I didn't mention was at the in Kansas City during that ball game tomorrow night where the Dolphins have to go play from, you know, Miami. That the wind chill will be minus thirty. Mm. Oh in KC. So uh yeah. best of luck to the uh boys from South Florida who will make the trip as the NFL playoffs are set to go this weekend. All right, we got to uh step aside. Um Florida State is in hot water over there some coaches and some NIL collective stuff and all that all those type <laughs> that, things. That's so, real interesting.
3: Well, yeah, I got some things
4: to say about that. The NCAA, yeah, they're uh, making some moves here. J.C., of course, runs a collective for the Gamecocks. Probably a pretty good guy to ask about this. So we'll get to that here in just a little while, including all the coaching scoop in uh, Columbia and uh, what's going on in the transfer portal, in addition to the fact that South Carolina's got a huge basketball game on the road in Columbia, Missouri tomorrow. And the ladies... They win last night. They stay undefeated. John Strickland ahead as well. It's a full boat here. Hang tight. Inside the Gamecocks, the show will be right back.
1: NTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level.
4: And it's time to get in shape. Charleston Fitness Equipment can help you do just that in Mount Pleasant. The Wilkins family, big Gamecock fans, and proud supporters of Carolina Rise and our programming on the Chief Sports Network. But most importantly, proud supporters of you getting healthy and staying healthy. CharlestonFitnessEquipment.com. Find them on the Chief Sports app and in Mount Pleasant. Happy New Year.
2: Sandwiches Every time 803-543-6297 803-543-6297
4: Rescues and Resin proud supporters of Carolina Rise They are also proud partners of the show They make products you can't get anywhere else Custom designed wood and resin products that make your tailgate Make your home or make anything stand out Order a custom cutting board, coasters, wall art, tables, and more. Contact Dustin and Tabitha at rescuesandresin.com today. rescuesandresin.com and put your imagination to work. Rescues and Resin, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. quick segment here hour 1 inside the game the show last night in hoops top 25 santa clara upset gonzaga how about the zags guys they have to get five losses this year so uh they're uh, in danger of uh not missing the tournament they won't they're the zags they'll be in there uh illinois squeaks out michigan speaking of losses michigan state just 9 and 7 1 and 4 in the Big Ten. How about Tom Izzo? You know, they, they they boy, they just continue every year to really struggle out of the gates. How much longer is he gonna do it? And East Lansing. Um, they get hot at some point, and last night they almost pulled off a pulled off a big one in Champaign, Illinois, but they couldn't do it. And uh again fall to just one and four. And then did anybody see the ending of the two lane Florida Atlantic game? Did y'all see that?
5: No, I missed that one.
4: All right, so Florida Atlantic is down by a point, and they throw up a three pointer on the road at Tulane, with, uh, you know, a second on the clock or whatever it was, a little bit over that. They call a foul. He fouled the sh- the three point shot. Ball was not going in, and they, and he and he clipped his hand, and so the the kid from uh, Florida Atlantic. Goes to the line, if he hits two free throws, the game's over. I think the clock stopped with like point one second. And uh, here's the thing. It was at the other end of the floor. So the two-lane student section got up and walked to the other side of the building and stood behind the basket and started waving their hands. And this cat <laughs> calmly walked up to the to the free throw line, sank a couple of free throws, got out of there. 85-84 uh, winners over uh, the green waves So Florida Atlantic uh, moves to 12-4. and four. But that's what happened last night in the in the top 25 tonight. There's nothing going on in the top 25, but, boy, is there tomorrow, and it could be another crazy day in the SEC. Tennessee is still on the road. Remember, they were upset in Starkville. That upset allowed the Gamecocks to gain a quad one victory because it moved Mississippi State into the the top 30 in the net rankings. Carolina picked up two, though, because Virginia Tech beat Clemson. Back to the scoreboard, though the Vols back on the road tomorrow, so will they be staring at their second straight low road loss? They're in Athens, Georgia. Who all of a sudden the dogs are twelve and three, two and zero in Mike White's second year over in uh, at Georgia. So we'll see, but boy, they're off to off to a good start. Uh, elsewhere, you got Kentucky on the road to Texas A and M. Mike has said the last couple of days that these zero and two. SEC teams, you know, they're going to start getting things turned around. Somebody who's 0-2 in the league is going to be in the tournament, if not multiple teams, and this one's got a great case for it. They've got a darn good team and a great opportunity to upset a uh, top-five Wildcat program 2 o'clock tomorrow on uh, ESPN. LSU is at Auburn as well. Mike Morgan will call that game at 6 o'clock on the SEC Network. But then you got the rest of the country, boys and girls. Hey, Washington State welcomes eighth-ranked Arizona tomorrow night. Have we been paying attention? Everybody in the top ten is losing. Everybody. All of them in the last three days. They're all going down. Is Arizona going to be the next victim? Houston just got upset. They're on the road at 12-3 and TCU tomorrow night at 6 o'clock on TCU. They better be careful. Eighteenth-ranked BYU is at Central Florida. Why does that matter? Well, third-ranked Kansas just went to Orlando and lost. Why not BYU next? UCF is trying to pull off a hell of a run here in their first year in the Big 12. Uh, you've got 19th-ranked San Diego State out there at New Mexico. New Mexico all of a sudden is 13-3 and three this year. Watch out, San Diego State. And then the real big one, it's a top-10 matchup in Lawrence. Uh, the ninth-ranked Oklahoma Sooners are on the road at third-ranked Kansas trying to rebound from that loss uh, in Orlando against UCF. Uh, that's what's going on tomorrow in college basketball. Oh, by the way, Boston College is at Clemson, who at one point in time seemed like they were going to have the best season in the history of the program. They are now just 11-4, and 1-3 and three in the ACC. Uh, so Boston College is looking to make that 1-4. and four. And that, my friends, is how you roll through the top 25 on a Sunday or Saturday Beautiful. in college basketball.
5: Expertly done. All right.
3: They ask about Tyler Hero's little brother playing for the basketball team. He's a walk-on. Yeah, That's what played it. <laughs> uh, man, Davis Bevel, quarterback from Greenville, walk-on. Yep. Not worried about it. We'll get to he all that. You that watched Oklahoma beat to get smoked by Texas, forty-nine, nothing. <laughs> he was the quarterback in that game. I was sitting in Lexington, Kentucky. I couldn't believe it. I was like that because he played at Greenville High. I watched him play. Uh, That's called an insurance policy. So I just wanted to throw those two things out because people keep over and over again asking me about it.
4: Well, here's the good news, folks. We have two hours left in this show. It's on the docket.
3: I know, but Cocky Joe has to go someplace. So I felt bad.
4: Oh, I'm so (laughs) sorry, Cocky Joe.
3: (laughs) Some things to do, and I don't. You know, he's a good. He listens every day, and he's here, standing at attention. Every day, and I was like, "Oh man!" So I wanted to get to that running backs coach, Newland Isaac. Apparently, he's turned it down. So I don't know where that what they're going to do. We'll get we'll don't get, get, get hired today. So, <laughs> hold on.
4: So, we got to hit a break. We we'll get got to all this coming break. up here. At the uh, I'm anxious. I'm chomping at the
3: bit. Running <laughs> Ready to, I'm to
4: it, it got, oh, by the way, since we
3: have John Strickland coming up in the next hour. I want to remind everybody, do yourself a favor, go listen to his interview from last week if you missed it. it. There was a lot of good history in there, and he had some a couple of great things to say about some of the transfer portal guys, too, yeah. that he had gotten from his former teammates, uh, uh, Torricelli Simpkins and Howell, the running back from South Carolina State. So uh, do yourself a favor and listen to that. It's, a, it's an easy listen. He's a good old boy like we are, and uh, uh, I would encourage everybody to do that.
4: Hang tight, guys. We'll be right back.
0: you're going to create some of those flavors just on a thin layer just inside the char but not the actual depth and full extent of flavors uh, that you're going to get if you toast it properly all those elements that's exactly what they do they boil down to great flavor.
4: If you're in the real estate market in the Lowcountry or even in the Midlands, please contact me, JB, with Coast to Coast Realty SC. Go Gamecocks.
2: This break is presented by Billy G's Carolina Barbecue, the state newspaper's 2023 winner for best catering, best barbecue, and best food truck. Visit BillyG'sCarolinaBarbecue.com for all of your catering needs.
6: Ladies
0: and gentlemen, here it is.
4: Truck to your next event, cater your wedding, your friend's wedding, your daughter's wedding. Next thing you know, your daughter's knocked up. I've seen it a million times. <laughs> uh, welcome back inside the game. This show, there Tommy Boy. We'll make frank you call that. Yeah, well, there's no question. No question. Richard, you must play for the Yankees. Uh, it is a shade past noon. John Strickland is ahead dot com to order and have it dropped off at your doorstep if it's. If it's barbecue it's Billy G. Hey Mr. Bill, if you're watching in today for those that maybe don't realize this, he played hoops at the University of South Carolina back in the 70s, well connected with the greatest era in the history of the sport in Columbia. Carolinabarbecue.com, billygscarolinabarbecue.com. Any catering, of, any catering, cater, 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 cater anything you need. Try their mac and cheese I might add, and by the way, their hors d'oeuvres are phenomenal. All of them Get the hors d'oeuvres. Wherever you do, make sure they bring hors d'oeuvres. Everything they do is just fantastic, wonderful people to work with. Can't thank them enough. Schubert, Mad Dog, myself, Strickland ahead. All right. Uh, Gamecocks have uh, got some things going on uh, from, the, from a coaching standpoint. And JC, uh, fill us in, uh, I guess, the, with the latest and what you're hearing on Newland Isaac, who has been one of two one of the two most popular names to be to be the next running backs coach at South He's currently at Liberty and he's from Hopkins what are you hearing
3: I think he's gonna, he's going to stay at Liberty um you got to know this uh, Liberty's got pretty deep pockets they can pay uh maybe not like an SEC school assistant coach wise but they can pay uh like an ACC I mean they're they, they're paying Chadwell pretty good He's been with Jamie Chadwell the whole time. He's kind of a, you know, he's Delta State, North Greenville, Charleston, Southern Coastal. Uh, I think he coached away from Chadwell once. Uh, I get it. You know, that's his guy. Maybe he's just comfortable there coaching with him. And, you know, Jamie Chadwell, eventually somebody's going to give him a big job, you know, bigger than Liberty. Um, Alabama? So uh, I get get it. And maybe (laughs) Alabama. Hey, I I, (laughs) Hey, it maybe it may getting there because Steve Sarkeesian just uh, signed an extension at Texas. Yeah. So Kalen DeBoer is on the clock. Uh, it
4: looks like interesting
3: note. Kalen look, DeBoer canceled an interview today. So.
5: I saw that. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: With, yes, I saw that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I thought you meant with Alabama, I, and I I also just saw uh, Michael Alford, who is the AD at um, Florida State, has uh, tweeted out. Uh, it looks like a, they've come to a new agreement with Mike Norvell down in Tallahassee. So again, you know, I, I really think this sucker's coming down to just a couple of names. It's either Kiffin or Kalen DeBoer, if, if that's what, but anyways, we'll, we'll, we'll move back into that in just a minute. Let me ask you this though, so, to because uh, these these conversations get had sometimes without all the facts and then coaches get frustrated and I don't blame them. Do you have any knowledge that Newland Isaac has been offered the running backs coach position at South Carolina. I was told
3: somebody on the Liberty end that he was making a decision. So that would in indicate that that, that there was some sort of at least, you know, some, some of these offers, you don't really get the offer. You're like, oh, here's what we maybe could do if you were interested. You know, it, it's, there's a lot of plausible deniability when it goes into this. Um, I'm not gonna be, uh, yeah. And, and Ryan put, points out he'd probably be the new OC at Liberty uh, since Willie Corn left. So, um, but yeah, offered. I don't know. I would hate to say yes and be a liar, uh, just because of, like I said, plausible deniability. The word, the word game that happens with these things. Uh, but I don't see it as some some reason to panic i mean you know i could could you imagine this fan base if this were the alabama coaching search because in everybody's mind norvell sarkisian turned it down Mm -hmm. right that's why they got extensions at their new place um so the mighty alabama job technically is going to go to their third or fourth choice
4: how about that i mean how about them apples that's the way that it looks, but, but I mean, like, well, that, that's the, Mike, Mike talks about this all the
3: time. It's the way it normally happens though. You don't always hit your, you don't always get Nick Saban. No well, matter who
4: Nick, you are. Nick, Nick, first of all, well, hold on now. Nick Sabin well, was, was the, was the, the third choice, choice in Alabama. So,
3: well, well, second, I mean, they circled back. Yeah. I mean, Rich but, Rod, if he'd have taken it there would have never been a Saban in Alabama.
4: Yeah. But, the, yeah. The, their, their, but then they called Steve Spurrier who said, you need to call Nick Saban. I mean, yeah. Steve Spurrier said that in an interview. I told him they need to call Saban. You know, I'm, Spurrier, I'm they talked
3: to him first, yeah. I mean, they were – that was a caged animal hire for them. They were not going – and and at the time, Rich Rod was – you know, let's see, this was 06, so 07. Rich Rod almost went to the national championship game. They lost a game to Pitt that I'll never get over. 13-9 to nine to the one stash and Pitt at home in a rivalry. One win from winning the big, from. I mean, they'd already won the Big East from playing uh, Ohio State. They would have gone instead of LSU and played Ohio State for the national title. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that LSU with two losses backed in because they were two overtime losses. The hat. <laughs> Crazy. But at the time, Rich Rod was a hot commodity. You know, that's how he got, he got Michigan shortly thereafter. But, wow how maybe how things would have changed mm-hmm. i mean could he could would he have done the same thing at alabama would he have been better at alabama than he was at michigan maybe he's more of a cultural fit at bama maybe not i don't know that where would saban have ended up would would nick saban uh, have just been a journey journeyman nfl coach and never come back to college
4: uh no no he would have ended up in college somewhere but I, I don't – I mean, who – because he was – that was 06. That was the end of 06, right? Spring of 07. Yeah, it, yeah so, 06 was when – so, yeah, it was Spurrier just finished his second year.
3: I'm trying to think yeah, of what
4: all began to open around that time. Um, And when did Houston Nut leave Arkansas? Oh, he got fired after 07 because Petrino okay. was 08, yeah. So, I mean, I think that Saban would have ended up back in the SEC. I'm convinced of it. I, I think that that's where he wanted to be. If, the, Well, I mean, shoot. How about this? Think about this for a second. What if – and we'll get back into the Gamecock side here in just a second. What if Rich Rod had taken the job? Would Nick Saban have I'm ended saying. up in West Virginia? Very intriguing. Back home.
5: Oh, that would have been interesting, yeah. Back home.
4: That that's Yeah, he's a Mountaineer. That would have been a shoe-in for them to hire Nick Saban. It wouldn't have been even close. Would West Virginia be what Alabama has been? I don't know. But then around that time, the
3: Big East was falling apart. West Virginia needed to – then they became an outpost of the Big 12. Yeah. Now, would Saban have, would have had enough panache there to, to force them into the ACC? See, at the time, the ACC wasn't really interested. This is why I hate them. They weren't interested in football necessarily. They just – they. They wanted to add some of these basketball schools and academics. They kept academic. They almost didn't let Virginia Tech, and the state of Virginia had to threaten UVA mm-hmm. to get them to to to, <laughs> to take the Hokies. I mean, wow! And, and, and now you look back on it, the, the, the stupidest thing they ever did was add Boston College instead of West Virginia, because West Virginia is one of the twenty five most winning programs in the history of college football.
4: Yeah, yeah, it, but, it's... you know,
3: but it, it, they're also not. They got money, but they don't got they don't have SEC money up there. So I mean, they've, they they uh, it was interesting. You know, Jim Carlin he used to coach at Carolina. He was at West Virginia for a while. Guess who took over for him when he left? Bobby Bowden, mm-hmm. who was his OC, and then Ben Bowden left and went to Florida State because he liked the weather better. Yeah, and he only was planning on staying at Florida State three years, and he wanted to Alabama or Auburn. So he wanted to go back home. Right. Ended up staying for how long? Legend, you know, <laughs> this stuff's crazy. When you think you could do the butterfly effect on college football, what if Steve Spurrier had taken
4: the Alabama job? He well, would
3: be the biggest villain in the history of game
4: football. Yeah, he would. And 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 I and I was we, we talked to Shane about this yesterday because Shane was interviewed day one that Saban got the job in T town, and he did not. He said Ron Middleton, right? Wasn't that the name, Phil? Ron Middleton yeah. got the tight ends job over Shane, yeah. and then a month later, Steve called him, and interviewed him, and, and brought him to Columbia. And I and I mentioned that yesterday to Coach Beamer. I said, you know, if if Coach Spurrier got that job uh, at at Alabama before they hired Coach Saban, you probably wouldn't be here today. And he and he kind of, he smiled like, it's a good point. You know, I mean, or if. Uh, had Nick Saban hired him in Alabama, of course we joked with him about that, Phil, had Nick hired him in Alabama in 2007, uh, Shane would be just taking over for Coach Saban today as the next head coach of the time. <laughs> or
3: maybe, right? maybe Spurrier, if he did go to Tuscaloosa. Since Shane's right down the road, at the start with hey, just drive on over and talk to me. You know, yeah, and on, maybe Shane on. is now the head coach at
4: Alabama, <laughs> yeah, taking right. over for
3: Steve Spurrier.
4: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and by the by the way, he said something yesterday, and 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 he's exactly right on this. And and I need to do a better. i I've, we've obviously you've known Shane Beamer for a long time, JC, and I've gotten to know him over the last three years and really enjoy him as a person he's phenomenal. Yeah, he's a great but you know? but you get caught up sometimes in in calling him his name and he, he mentioned yesterday that on that call that they had and, and every call that they have with with the sec that all of the coaches call nick saban coach saban nobody calls him coach nick saban. it's yeah. a it's a respect thing and sometimes i catch myself i need to stop doing that he's coach beamer um and and that's how it needs to be these guys you know Uh, coach spurrier i don't know i i i I, I agree with you.
3: don't tell some of your uh, true and blue journalist buddies that they don't like it when you call them coach that's one thing i hated when that's why i don't do that crap anymore because i'd always say coach just because i played sports and i'm used to calling coach coach yeah i call coach bentley you know bobby bentley has been a friend of mine for 30 years and I still call him coach. I call GA Mangus coach. Right. You know, and th- these are like friends of mine, you know, yep. uh, my buddy, Brian Lane, who, who I went to kite who's a classmate. I call him coach, you know, mm-hmm. and that's just people, people that are sports minded, just do that. It's not exactly. I, I'm it, you're not sucking up to anybody. It's, it's a sign of, it's a sign of respect, but also just kind of habit.
4: Exactly. Yeah. It's
3: uh, I find myself saying coach Beamer a lot more than, I,
4: I need to do, but I mean, I would never call Ray Tanner Ray. He will always be Coach Tanner. You know, there is, I don't even know who yeah, Ray yeah. Tanner
5: is. It's Coach Tanner I I him his name, him on the air with us. I was like, yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, that's absolutely it, names that's like Shane doing. and Ray are
3: fun to say, though. Shane. Yeah. Ray. That
5: was the movie, a movie
3: called Remember the movie Shane? Yeah, uh, and then Ray. It. You know, Ray is like a Ghostbuster. You know, he's uh, a yeah. field of dreams. If you build it, they will come Ray. Mm-hmm. There's been great rays throughout the history of of, of everything, so uh, they're just fun names to say. But yeah, I, I'm with you, dude. And, and, I, and it, I, I never knew it was this big problem. somebody like, was it a after a press conference, somebody pulled me aside and scolded me for it. I'm like, you know, number one, f you. You know, that's my first response to that. <laughs> uh, number two, I've spent more spent more money on spilt liquor than you'll ever make in your life now. So here, all your like first name familiarity, how far did that get you? Uh, I hope you get the three percent raise from Gannett this year. Yeah, I really do. Uh, I hope they cut your. I hope they didn't cut your insurance benefits again, guy. Um, you know these Johnny journalism's that that, that that think that they're ultra important and that, that there's these rules you get. And, and then you look at at their careers and and you kind of look and see. Well, I'm glad I made the choices I made, and I'm glad we were all we all did. And if I want to call Coach Coach, I'm gonna call Coach Coach. And you can KMA if you don't like it. Yeah. Period. Yeah. And the I, I, I you got I had no idea this this is about seventeen years ago, but I had no idea it was a problem.
4: None. Well, it's not a problem to me. Um, no, you know, no. So I hope somebody that never tried to teach me. How to do something that well, I'm probably doing better than they are, anyways, Mister um,
5: B. Yeah. And, and and I want
4: to be
3: I want to be clear too about like I know Dave comes on our show and we got writers on our show. I don't care that Dave calls Shane Shane. No, I, I'm talking I, about I, me. I don't think there's I don't, yeah I don't think there's any right or wrong way to do it. I, I just yeah. uh, I just if I want to call somebody Coach, I'm gonna call them Coach and uh, period. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I, you know, I, I worked in Gainesville, Georgia. I Interviewed Coach Mark Rick, Coach Rick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, why would you not call Coach Rick, Coach? Why, why would you call him Mark? You don't know him. That, that's the best, one of the best human beings on the planet. He's the I would that respect. I'd rather know? be
4: told by a coach to call them by their first name than to assume that I can call them by their first yeah, name and exactly. get called out for not.
5: Well, yeah. that's what I was, I was supposed I to. I usually to defer to Call me whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Ga, first GA did
4: that to me. That played, you know, yeah. yeah. Like the first yeah. time I ever talked to him, uh, I called him Coach. He goes, "Jamie, call me Ga." I was like, uh, uh, "All right, yeah, he's yeah, he, uh, he's he's cool." You know, but like Monty, I call Monty Monty, but Monty was like my big brother when I was nine years old. So, like, you know, he's Monty to be. I, I I've never called him Coach Lee. I don't I don't you know he, he's just Monty. <laughs> I mean, I don't, you know, I don't even know so- Sometimes know.
3: I'll throw a coach at GA just to piss him off a little bit. Yeah. Know, hey, coach.
4: <laughs>
5: <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I called Holbrook Chad yesterday, and the minute it came out of my mouth, I was immediately uncomfortable.
4: Yeah. Well, and that's <laughs> another like- thing. But, but now that
3: Chad's a podcast host, that he, he can be Chad. He but is he's still Chad. Coach. I don't know, yeah, but I call him yeah. Coach
4: too. I, I can't yeah, yeah. get out of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. somebody in
3: the chat box says journalists calling Nick Coach Saban Nick is ridiculous and disrespectful. Yeah, most fans feel that way. You know, I, yeah, right? I don't know I, where that rule came from and why it's a rule. Yeah, I agree but with in, that. In the, it's like one of the it's like a base like journalism, sports journalism, a lot like baseball. You got all these unwritten rules, <laughs> you know. And you're like, ah. I don't care for them. Uh,
4: Brent says they call me Tater Salad. <laughs> tater Salad. <laughs> uh, Ronald, that's Ronald White, that's so. another. I need to go back and watch it. That's another dimer, but it's not a movie. But, like, every time you go back and watch that, you it, you just, especially the older I get. Like, you know, Ronald it just White's it, tater tastes salad funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all mean? right. As we step aside here, JC, uh, real quick on the. Running back situation, want to come back, get into Coach Coley. We'll talk about Justin Stepp. we got some recruiting things to get to and all that type of stuff. But, uh, again, it looks like Newland, Isaac, um, no official word as to whether he's actually been offered a position on Shane Beamer's staff. But it does look like he'll be staying at Liberty. One name that we have – I mean, you texted me yesterday or the day before, and I didn't have much of a response because the guys that I talked to really haven't heard anything. Not sure what you've heard. I'm not sure if anybody's heard, but Jimmy Smith's name just has not been circling. Um, Jimmy, of course, from Darlington, head uh, or the running backs coach at, at Arkansas. We, we know all the connections around here. Um, is there any buzz with him in, in Columbia or no? Okay. Haven't, I do not know this about Jimmy.
3: He is very, very, very loyal to Sam Pittman. Now, Sam Pittman is definitely on the hot seat. He almost got fired this year. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, South Carolina, unless the bottom completely fell out you're, and you have like a 2-10 disaster next season, I, I think it's a more stable situation, obviously. But, yeah, surprisingly enough. And, and you know, that is a name – I didn't just pull that name out of thin air this time around. There were a lot of rumors circulating about him last year. But, but this year, you know, if you People in the know mentioned it, and I I don't know what happened. Okay. I don't know if it's, you know, maybe he's getting a promotion at Arkansas, a title, you know, like assistant head coach or something like that. Um, you know, Darius says Thomas Brown's. Thomas Brown's name has come up to people that I know. Very but interesting. I can't yeah. – I can't – Thomas Brown's on the verge of being a head coach in the NFL two years ago when he was with the Rams. He just – Panther situation, man. He just uh, so yeah. I I can't see him. I mean, I wouldn't think he would stay more than a year or two, right? Mm,
4: I so, wouldn't but, think so. But
3: then think about the damage he did in the one year he was here. He killed it on the recruiting trail. So mm-hmm. I don't know, uh, but that is a name um, out there. There's some other familiar names out there. I I can shoot down the Des Kitchings thing. That was an old tweet from a long time ago. Somebody posted somewhere, and there's no legs there at all for Des coming back. But Brown is a name I've heard just a little bit here and there.
4: Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's, I, 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 and I'll, and I'll add this to that just, just my thoughts and opinion on. You know what type? Like, I think one of the things that we, as a football society, is that a term, football society. Football um, that society. You know, if you have a if you have a program that you obviously have a vested interest is interest in, which the large majority of the folks that are paying attention to us do. It's the Gamecocks. Uh, one of the things that you never want to do, or you hope that won't happen, is where you hire a guy who isn't going to be around a while. But I don't think that that really means as much as it used to mean anymore, guys. Like, I don't think you can count on any coach you hire being around a while. I mean, there's just so much that changes now, just like the players. I mean,
5: yeah, you're renting players. Why not? What's wrong with renting coaches, too? Yeah, I mean, especially position coaches. I mean, the head coach is a completely different situation because you're building a program, but individual position coaches in the tier, if you go head coordinator position, I mean, yeah, I'll take a good one year rental. I mean, you know, who wouldn't want to drive around in a fancy car for a year? Even if <laughs> yep. no, You got to give it
4: back. <laughs> I mean, there's just so much that can, they can consistently, that consistently changes. I mean, I mean, l- let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Um, if Thomas, and I don't know, I, I'm just, I this is all hypothetical guys like nobody buy into any of this but like if Thomas Brown said coach I'd, I'd really like to come there for you know try to get back on my feet and then maybe take off from there and he's the best running back coach available is that your best option versus hiring a guy that says well I want to be here for the next three or four years not knowing whether that's true or not and then also let me let me change this scenario a little bit Nick Saban calls and says I'd like to come coach defensive backs for a year what are you going <laughs> to tell him no <laughs> I mean, you're really going to do that? You're renting him for a year, right? So what's the difference? You know, like if if you're if, Only if if the, you bring the best Bella guy chip, and really. he's available and he wants to coach. <laughs> I mean, so, sure. I, yeah, I, you know, it, it, you can look at it a million different ways. But, um, you yeah, know, we'll, we'll see. What, I mean, I know that Coach Saban, Coach Saban, Coach Beamer is set to make a, hot, a couple of hires very soon. One of them is James Coley, but he won't be coaching tight ends, as JC is reported. We'll have him fill us in on that. When we return here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show served by Chicken Cock Whiskey. Welcome home. That's what the Gamecocks say, and so does the Barn Dough Company where they can build your dream home starting as low as $160 per square foot. If you live in the Carolinas, Georgia, or Tennessee, their turnkey process takes just four to six months on average and can be custom designed by size and details. Make your dream a reality. Visit the TheBarnDominiumCo.com. That's the TheBarnDominiumCo.com. The Barn Doe Company.
2: Gamecock. Owned and operated. Down here in the south. We don't always see eye to eye, while our taste in college football teams or what sauce, if any, goes best on a rack of ribs or what to mix with our Dixie Vodka might be up for debate, we can all agree there's nothing better than a Southern tailgate. And like our favorite college teams, our ingredients come from small towns and big cities. They're grown in Southern soil, are crafted by Southern hands, and proudly represent the South in our backyard and beyond. So raise a glass of Dixie Southern Vodka to celebrate being made in America. And raised in the South.
4: Michael Campbell arrived at South Carolina in 2003 after growing up in Virginia and was dubbed the Winchester Rifle by Gamecocks great Tommy Moody in the broadcast booth. He left in 2006 a legend. A career 315 hitter and 20th round draft pick of the San Diego Padres, Campbell was first all time in games played at bats and triples, second all time in hits with 299 singles and total bases third all-time in doubles, top 10 in runs scored, and RBI, and he hit 31 home runs in his career for the Gamecocks. Now he's passing his knowledge to the next generation through his business, Soup's Swing Shop. If your son or daughter wants to improve their game, Supes Swing Shop offers virtual lessons. Mike will connect with you diagnose your swing and create a special game plan to help improve it call them at 859-414-8240 email soups swingshop at gmail.com or find them on social media and on the chief sports app soup swing shop play ball It's uh, almost 1230. It is Friday, July. the t- July. July. Man, we're getting close. Boy, I, th- I swear when I went to bed last night, it was January. Oh, July. That's fantastic. Right around the corner comes Gamecock football. It's January the 12th, 2024. Welcome back. Schubert has emerged. We found him uh, behind a dumpster in five points. And here he is just in time. For the uh, weekend, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. By the way, it's National Kiss a Ginger Day. So those of you that are married to a, a redhead, or if you happen to be in the same vicinity as Michael Flint, give him a big old smooth. <laughs> we should have Flint on today. We <laughs> should. Let me see if I can't get him on, and we'll uh, we'll, we'll blow him a kiss here on uh, on ITG. Uh, so hats it's off a- to all you gingers out there. You're you're somebody's getting lucky. Congratulations! What? Jeez, <laughs> do I sound okay, guys?
3: Yeah, fabulous. Right, my, well, my headphones ran out of uh, batteries, and I didn't bring my charger wire, so uh, I had to plug in the noise counselors, and uh, hopefully that doesn't impact our show. So,
5: uh, uh, e- e-
4: equipment change, you know? The equipment change, yes, correct. Uh, um. That's- I changed my shirt. Tyler said he likes redheads around. You know, Tyler's up in Maggie. By the way, there Maggie's about to get about half a foot, if not more, of snow here in the next few days. So. I am. Um, JC, what are I, you gonna I, I, going to be called back to? Like like a mountain
3: of snow? Oh, no. It's been fun already, guys. Um, I'll actually email Phil this picture that Matt <laughs> sent me today. A tree in our yard fell over mm. onto our neighbor's house. Oh, no. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, yeah, bro. It's funny. Uh, it just split, I guess, because of the snow, and there it's not going to stop snowing until like three o'clock this morning up there. And then, uh, here we go. The next weather, this is this is going to be just great, guys. I mean, I'm I'm so excited about this. I can hardly see straight. Um, the high on Saturday is 32. The low is three. The high on Sunday is three. The low is negative nine. Monday, the high is negative one, the low is negative thirteen. Tuesday, negative one, and then a balmy negative fourteen, mm. but sunny. Uh, <laughs> it, it gets back up to twenty on Wednesday, low of negative nine. Next Friday and Saturday, though, can't can't not wipe out the weekend, right? High of five on Friday, low of negative four. High of eight Saturday, low of negative seven. Oh, and then no. next Sunday, it gets up to a tropical 17, low of negative four. Mm. I'm so excited about that. guys. That you wish
4: you were still getting married in Palm Beach, Florida. Palm
3: Beach, it is not. It's no. not even, I mean, man, I sat, I got done with my daughter's appointment yesterday. And the sun came out. I was texting with Phil. <laughs> I sit at a picnic table waiting on my Uber and just loving the sunshine and warm weather. But, um, Going back, uh, going back early in the morning to frozen paradise. I guess I need to let it go,
4: huh? Oh, well done, very well done. All right, all right. Anyway. Now, now, now I get it. I've only seen Bog. that movie seven thousand times in the last three hundred sixty-five. <laughs> yeah, one
3: of my least favorite Disney
0: movies. Luckily, but, my kids
4: don't get in the truck and ask for that. They get in the truck and and literally, I'm not kidding. They get in the truck and they want to listen to the things I listen to. Dad, play your church. I'm like, no problem. Thank you, God. What do you, I have great children. <laughs> Easy peasy. But
3: now, uh, yeah. So, Gilbert Edmund is back. <laughs>
4: <laughs> is that official? It's official. Yeah. It's about as official as I mean, he's back a- according to Tony's reporting this morning. He's not getting a penny in NIL cash, not is a that dime. correct? Okay, so and all right, so let's summarize that for a quick second here. We, I'm not gonna, it's not, I, it is none of my business to share. It probably shouldn't have even been shared with me, but but I'm aware of the amount of money that he received in NIL funds to go to Tallahassee, as you are, JC. Went down there for one year, played 200 snaps, uh, didn't start, uh, turned around, came back home. Uh, seems to me like a, a uh, an example. Again, going back to the conversation we've had around here about data points. Remember, we're going we're gonna to look up in four or five years. we going to have a bunch of d- data, data, however you say, tomato, tomato. Yeah, yeah, we gotta, it says, yeah. hey, look, you know, if you do this, this is the percentage that it all actually works out. This did not work out for Gilbert Edmund. He took a little bit no. more money to go to Tallahassee, Florida, and he's turned around and driven right back to Columbia. Yeah, I'm not saying that he'll
3: never, like, that, that, that there's a policy in place for NIL. Like, oh, we nobody should ever give – I mean, it's possible he, he gets a deal or something if he, you know, yeah. is be a, a good player. Obviously, yeah. you're in demand for that. And I'll, I don't know that, you know, you couldn't hypothetically cut him an NIL deal to, to, to be a testimonial. Sure, about how the grass is not yeah. always greener. Yeah, um, yeah. but F- FSU's got enough issues right now. So I don't, I don't know we want to rub, rub wound in the
4: salt in the wound down there too much. Boy, I, 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 you couldn't pay me to be a Seminoles fan right now. Well, they don't have any money left. They just paid Mike Norvell over eighty million dollars to stick around. Uh, well, so, and then they got they got busted. Their collective
3: got busted. Their collective can't do anything for a year.
5: Right. Yeah. That's what I was reading is that you can't, they, that collective can't operate or and offer they, deals or anything. They're a one,
3: one collective school, too. And, and really, that, well, the one booster that got popped puts in a good chunk of that. So <laughs> that's, unf- they've been kind of great in the portal and, uh, and all that, but whew, it's going to be interesting to see when folks start not getting paid. Right. Yeah. Um and I feel bad cuz I I like Mike Norvell a lot and I, and I like have a good friend on that staff and I don't have anything against FSU but man it's just kind of after they get denied the playoff after winning every game uh and then all their players opt out and they get destroyed by Georgia and Orange Bowl and then uh they get put on probation <laughs> and all the time they want to leave the ACC and can't. So it's got to be frustrating in Tallahassee right now.
4: I would think. Yeah, I would. I would think so. I'll, I'll also be interested to see what type of assistant coaching movement with all with everything that I mean. You talk about what's going on in Tallahassee, and now you got what's going on in Tuscaloosa. Half of the former Will Muschamp staff are waiting to figure out what <laughs> is going to be next for them uh, over in T town. I mean, there's so there's a lot of assistant Like I, I would I would say this too when it comes to the running backs coach situation, JC. It, it And a lot of things are just getting cranked up now uh, because you've got Nick Saban out at Alabama. This is going to cause a lot of movement. It, it's going to be dominoes all over the place probably for the next few weeks uh, in college football. One of the dominoes has already fallen. James Coley is here. It was reported yesterday um, on the Big Sur dot com. Never heard of her. Big Spur. Oh, that's you. Um, It was reported by, uh, well, I guess that was you that reported it, J.C. Sherbert, uh, that James uh, Coley is expected to coach the wide receivers for the Gamecocks, meaning that Justin Stepp would slide over to coach the tight ends. Well, Justin Stepp is out of his contract right now. So what's the deal here? His contract ended December 31st. There's a board of trustees meeting today about contracts.
5: So. I was going to ask about isn't the BOT meeting today specifically about athletic contracts? We are. Step
3: are is, yeah. Steph is still on, the, on, he's still on the schedule. I mean, uh, as far as recruiting and stuff goes, uh, so he's scheduled to be on the road. I, but but look, I was going to be honest. I I don't know what the future holds for him. Uh, I know if it's going to be in South Carolina he's going to be coaching tight ends and James Coley's coaching receivers. So that's is there uh, a reason for
4: that. I don't,
3: well, I mean, got to be. Know. There is a
4: reason. Do we know? The you know,
3: I, I, it's hard for me. Cause it's like, you know, in my opinion, stepped did a pretty good, really good job and inherited a terrible, terrible room. And he flipped it in two years. Uh, I know this year they probably, you know, there were some misses in recruiting you know, obviously, obviously, um, uh, how Landon, uh, Landon, how Landon, uh, Landon Sampson was one. And you just never knew, you know, that was a kid that got to college and just didn't, it just didn't, you know, just wasn't, it was just different. You know, some guys don't work out for whatever reason, you know, Horton was another. And, you know, then this year they really were in a bad spot outside of Xavier. Uh, Coley is a, accomplished recruiter um never recruited a place like south carolina but uh he's coached at florida state miami texas a&m georgia got deep connections to south florida so the game cuts will start you know recruiting down there and and that's a great place to recruit because even the even your second tier of players down there love football i mean you know they're fast they're ballers uh i love south florida players and the more they get the better the great you know um but you know, as far as that's uh, as far as that goes, that that was Shane Beamer's decision. It's a little surprising to me. Um, but you know, you're hiring a guy in Coley that has been a coordinator at two different Power Five schools. He's been an associate head coach. He's been a co-coordinator. Um, you're hiring a guy with a lot of experience. Uh, uh, but I like Justin. I, I think I don't think Justin did a bad job. I mean, you know, you look at his recruiting losses and a lot of it was um, mission impossible. I mean, you know, chances of you landing a four or five star guy from Austin, Texas over a school like Notre Dame, slim. Chances of you beating Georgia on a kid from Apopka, Florida, slim. Um, I think he did a pretty good job in the portal, Um, you know, at the same time. Could the receivers be better going into year four? Uh, should that room be a little bit better shape? Yeah, you know, I think that's fair criticism. But uh, you know, and I'm kind of, I'm not really dancing around this. This is this is a something where I, I just, I have not arrived at a big opinion mm. on, on one way or the other. I just know that it happened, um, and and I don't, I don't know, you know, if 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 Step wants to coach tight ends. Uh, if he wants to be here, he's going to have to coach tight ends. Um, but I know Coley is, so that's uh, that's a change that Shane Beamer, Dowell Loggins, the people that are in charge to make those decisions made. And we'll just see how it happens, how how it works out.
4: Yeah, I you know um, it it really that was an interesting report I, when you put that out. Uh, had didn't really realize what was kind of coming together there, and and I I don't think Shane is it is ever going to step up to the podium somewhere and say, well, let me tell you what happened. Uh, uh, I demoted Justin Stepp for these reasons, or I decided to reassign him for these reasons, or whatever the case is, if that is the case at all. I'm not saying that it is, and I actually don't even really believe that's the case. Um, but, um, you know, so we'll, we'll really never know. All we get to do is run off of his record, which I think is is incomplete. Like, I, I know why people, you know, complain. First of all, people complain because that's what they do. They You know, they yeah. don't have anything else to do but, but complain. Um, but, you know, I go back. I, I, I'm with you. I think that, uh, you know, just from an outsider's point of view looking in, I, I feel like probably a couple of things that, that didn't go the way that he had hoped in recruiting or that they had hoped collectively as a staff Um can't argue at all with the development of, of of what's happened the last couple of years. Xavier Leggett and and Juice Wells. Um, I am, and then you know you talk about a guy like Nick Harbour. I, I watched him this year. By the twelfth game of the season, I felt like he was a different player from the first game for for two reasons. One, because he was actually playing, tells you something. Uh, and uh, two, he actually looked like a better wide receiver than he did. The first time he trotted out there, he was stiff as a board. He didn't know what the hell was going on. Um, and then you've, you've got a bunch of younger guys that we can't – I mean, there's – J.C., how do you pass judgment on Tyshawn Russell? I mean, he, he had the case of the drops this year as a freshman, but the reason that he played on Saturday, and we have direct sources on there, were because Monday through Friday he caught those balls. Everything else was doing very well. This wider receiver class with DeBron Gatling – and Mazio Bennett is a good one. Those guys can play. They haven't even played yet. You know, so, like – but, again, you know, and, and there's a bunch of other young guys who just haven't had a chance to go out there and prove their worth yet. So, you know, I while I I can understand the criticism of a guy like Coach Step, who's – FYI, like, when you see the word outstanding, like describing human beings, he's above that. I mean, he's just one of those type of people that – the minute, minute you meet him, you're going to fall in love with the cat. I mean, he's a great guy. Um, so like, there's certainly some things that can be fussed and discussed and, and you've got to, He's got a record to be judged on. And I don't think anybody's going to give him an a plus and that's okay. But I also don't think that some of the opinions that are had out there about him are deserved at all and warranted. Um, and I think that a lot of that script is still to be written, but of course he won't be coaching wide receivers for the Gamecocks anymore, it appears. So, We'll see how it all finishes up.
3: Yeah, we'll see, and you know, and it, it's, yeah, I, it,
4: it's a tough situation for him,
3: I, I think, because when you when you and look, Bobby Bentley got moved from running backs to tight ends, and he considered it a when they hired Thomas Brown, and he said it helped him because he he that that was like the third different fourth different position he could coach, you know. Sometimes versatility is good. Uh, when you want to be a coordinator down the road or a head coach or whatever, sometimes it's good to be more than just a receiver's guy um but I don't know if justin step in fact I don't think Justin feels that way at least not- not as of the reports I got last night so we'll see what happens um uh, down the road uh do, do you think offense.
4: that do you think there's any chance that that Justin step is thinking about doing something else um We've we've had a lot of these conversations around here about coaches who are, I mean look what's going on with Jay Graham, you know Jay Graham wants nothing to do with the pressure of being a college football coach anymore, and what you have to deal with twenty four hours a day, and there are a lot of examples like that out there. I mean head coaches. I mean one of the things I didn't I had written down I did not get a chance to ask Shane although he kind of kind of answered it yesterday, or Coach Beamer um was you know hey are you are are you concerned about the future of college athletics I mean just in the last couple of years we've lost Nick Saban we've lost uh Mike Krzyzewski we've lost Roy Williams we've lost Jay Wright we've lost all these guys and all of them in some way shape or form have cited uh what college athletics has evolved into and and you know how they're just not thrilled about the lack of structure and all those type things I never got a chance to get get that in and I apologize to our fan base because I should have that's on my part, but um, do you think that a guy like Coach Step, who's definitely made some money, he's back home, he knows everybody, um, he's got every connection on planet Earth in this state, maybe entertaining, doing something other than coaching football? Just, just an opinion. That's all. Could be. I mean, a lot of guys. I mean, you're going to have some things happen
3: in coaching circles where it surprises you, where guys just straight up get out and they don't want anything to do with it anymore. Um, and yeah, when you you know somebody people are asking if he may follow Jody Wright to Murray State, the OC job at Murray State probably pay him about a fifth of what he's making now. <laughs> so, you know, there's that's why these jobs are so dang good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's why people that, like, hate on – like, gripe about college athletics back before players could get money, uh, a lot of them didn't understand that, you know, in the last 20 years, there are a ton of former players in college coaching a ton uh and those th- those are great jobs guys now yeah. it, the babysitting 365 and the recruiting your roster every year sucks and and december suck. but but you are they're all making on average of half a million a year you know a good a power five sec level assistance average but you know low on the low end it's 3 that's good money mm-hmm. to coach a game um and and the sport has provided players with those financial opportunities through the years. And I, I think that's a that's a positive about the sport. But you're gonna see people that are shocked, um, shocked, uh, that'll shock it and just walk away. Yeah, you know. Uh you gotta credit Chris Peterson, he, he saw it four years ago and left. Yeah. So yep. Um, yep, you're gonna see yep. that, but uh yeah, and then Blind Squirrel, Kalen DeBoer, did cancel an interview with CL Sports Talk Radio today, and they released a statement from Washington Athletics said, "We're busy working on the future of Washington Athletics, i.e., I think that meant a contract extension." <laughs> and uh, oh crap, our coach is about to go to Bama, uh, but we'll see what happens. Um, if, if, if good, good question here. If you're Kalen DeBoer, do you take that job?
4: I, I. I... I I would say you do. I mean Washington Washington is going to the Big 10. Yeah. I mean what is I mean look I get it the pressure that comes with it if you fail there what does that mean for the future of you I don't know but here's here's what we do know whoever does take the job is going to get paid a boatload of money because uh they're going to be worth it um and and Alabama can pay it, so they're so you're going to change your life from a financial standpoint. The rest of your life, you're going to be covered. You're fine. Where I, I think the future, we know, we know what Alabama can be in the SEC, regardless of the fact that if they add Oklahoma, if they add or when they add Oklahoma and Texas, and if they add anybody else, i are we as sure about that with Washington uh, entering the Big Ten? Are we as sure about their future as you should? As most people probably are about Alabama's. So I, I think if you're Kalen DeBoer and you're offered the job, I I really don't know how you can possibly turn it down.
5: I think the more prudent thing to do is, especially if you're one of these top named coaches, is to do is to is to leverage if you're happy where you are and believe you can be successful and you're building something where you are, is to leverage any interest Alabama might have into a larger contract with your current school. And I mm-hmm. think that's what we're seeing more of now in this, you know, with all these, you know, Sarkeesian getting a raise, Norvell apparently making more money. You know, I mean, these guys are leveraging these, even just the, the remote possibility into a better situation for themselves. Yeah. And now there's one thing you can't account for is ego. <laughs> You know, like, oh, yeah. It was like, okay, I can go in there and I can fill Nick Saban's shoes. You know, it's like there there are guys out there who wholeheartedly, 100 percent believe inside themselves that they have what it takes to go in there and do that. Uh, Maybe not in year one. I mean, let's you know, some of these guys are realistic and you are. You're right, JB. The Whoever gets that job is going to be. Wealthy, maybe generationally wealthy. Yeah,
1: yeah. Change, <laughs> changing. Also, multi,
5: multi. Th- this yeah. guy's
3: rarely lost games. I mean, he's he's yeah. one hundred and four and eleven as a You're head talking coach. Talking
6: about DeBoer, yeah, DeBoer yeah, doesn't. Yeah. He has yeah, crazy. A lot. He's uh, and I,
3: I, I think he's top five coach in the country. Uh, mm-hmm. He's an offensive guy. The, the one thing is zero ties to the South. Now. Guess who else had zero ties to the South when they got LSU in 1999?
4: Yeah, I mean Nicholas Nicholas Saban. So, well, wait—that's not true. West Virginia is is the South, in my opinion.
3: Yeah, yeah, but he had coached at Michigan. He coached in the Big Ten and the Cleveland Browns, kind of Toledo.
4: You're talking about, yeah, just circling the SEC. And he he left his
3: entire. But the the great hit, the blessing in disguise for him, is he left his whole staff at Michigan State, including Brad Lawing, and uh, they stayed on with with Bobby Williams, who took over for three years and got fired. But, however, uh, that allowed him to go raid Valdosta State staff for Will Muschamp and Kirby Smart. He hired Derek Dooley to coach tight ends, the do-lander. Uh <laughs> He 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 had a not, not just a good, but a fantastic young staff with tremendous ties to the southeast that he made them all go recruit their butts off mm-hmm. and the rest is history. So, but yeah, DeBoer, you know, I look at it. And if, if I'm Greg Byrne, the Bama athletic director, I mean, that's the, on paper, that's the best coach I can hire. Uh, I will say this about Washington. I think Washington and Oregon going into the big 10, I almost think they're set up better to compete in that league than the, the Los Angeles schools. I, I, I have a theory that Southern Cows is really going to struggle in that league. And UCLA may end up being a non-factor. And that's crazy to say with Chip Kelly and Lincoln freaking Riley coaching those programs. But I think they needed to take a learn something from Nebraska. I mean, Nebraska culturally is closer to a Big Ten program, that powerhouse Midwest, Western-type team. I mean, these guys, LA, the L.A. schools are fun ball, finesse. <laughs> They're never tough. And, and you, you're going to send them to Minnesota in November and expect those guys to win. You know, Washington and Oregon, at least, it doesn't get as cold up there, but it's, it's the Pacific Northwest. The sun's never out. So they're, they're used to the cold, gray, frozen tundra of the Big Ten fields. So uh, so I don't know. The board be interesting. For the life of me, though, I don't know why Lane Kiffin and Dabo Sweeney aren't on Greg Byrne's list
5: for Alabama. Who I, who's I says they're
4: not though? I, I mean, we don't know
5: that. Chris
3: Lowe, Chris Lowe said his understanding was they were not in the mix. Hmm. Now maybe it gets to them, but I, I would. Those have probably been one of my first two or three hires, you know, and, and so who knows?
5: But uh, it tells me it's going to be somebody that we haven't been talking about, here, obviously, because now the dominoes are falling everywhere. But would they go it, to the
3: NFL, hire a Mike Vrabel or somebody?
5: Well, that's what I'm thinking is like, or, you know, hey, what, you know, I mean, Harbaugh still has not inked that contract. Did you see John Har- <laughs> John, Jim Harbaugh going to Alabama? Wouldn't that be fun? Wow. Well, you just got to look over, you know, you just look a couple states over and you'd be like, well, man, that guy Brian well, He's Kelly antagonized them. Man. I mean, he, yeah, he, yeah. he
3: poked <laughs> the bear true. with Bama quite a bit. He, had, he held a camp when it was legal to go down and, and you know, Pontral says Glenn Schumann. Yeah, there's a guy you can fire in two years.
5: <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll, I'll say gonna End up being for me is like somebody like Schumann. Is it? There's going to be a placeholder. I thought it'd be internal, but then I started looking at the what was on the coaching staff. I'm like, no, there's they're nobody. all you're, gonna guys. Yeah, or- okay. you're not going to hire these guys. <laughs> I mean, I mean,
4: I don't mean this disrespectfully, and if I'm wrong, then I'm. surprised going to be shockingly shockingly wrong in Alabama, the entire state will explode. But it was tweeted yesterday by Adam Rittenberg from ESPN, quote, the three names I heard this morning for Alabama, Washington's Kalen DeBoer, Florida State's Mike Norvell, and then have you seen this, the third name that he said he had heard, Alabama OC Tommy Reese. Seem to be the most prominent possibilities with Dan Lanning out. Guys, they're not hiring Tommy Reese. I to did, be I did read Tommy Reese.
3: I did see did that. At- yeah. they, that they, would be an Alabama hire.
4: That place would blow to pieces if Tommy Reese got this job. Could you I don't do it. Don't be, don't do that. Be smarter than that. Come see, on. The,
3: the, the timing of this thing's weird too, because like D'Amico Ryans would have been a hell of a hire for them. Yeah. I mean, look at what he's done with the Texans. I mean, that guy can coach. Yeah. Uh, and he's an alum. And – but, man, he just got to the Texans. They had a great draft last year, and they're in the playoffs. Playoffs? <laughs> yeah. So, you don't leave, man. You know, you just don't leave. Yep. But uh, – and look, uh, back to the running back. and no, like
5: good in NFL. He's
3: I think if I'm Shane Beamer, I'm at least calling Cadillac Williams and asking him if he has any interest. He may have. Uh, I, I, I was going to bring that up. Me, you think so? Me, meanwhile, on the eastern side of out on the on the other side of the state, not to be outdone, <laughs> there's just angst and and, and consternation and, and turmoil on the plains. Mm-hmm. Cadillac Williams and Zach Etheridge both walk. Uh-oh. Which was a big time player there too, and a great assistant coach. Yeah. Like, like rising star level assistant. Cadillac was the intern when they got rid of Harson. Both those guys out down the door. And then Ron Roberts, the D coordinator there, who's going to go to Florida and reunite with Napier, put a tweet out that said 10 things that kill your culture. They're talking about lies and dishonesty and and uh, and selfishness. I mean, I'm like, whoa. So not to be outdone. Auburn has turmoil again uh-huh. uh, while there's a coaching search for the first time in 17 years in Tuscaloosa. Love it. Love, yeah. The state of Alabama is so fun when, when these well, things happen. I, like, I'll, especially.
4: I'll say this. Uh, I'll say this. I'm I i I'm not going to be the guy that questions Shoe Freeze. The dude just – he wins, and he'll be fine. He's got a he, – whatever he's planning to do, they're going to be Okay. Like it might be kind of chaotic over there right now, but I think the end product is gonna be just fine.
3: I think there's a I think the butted heads with those guys, those players, and that
4: happens. I think so too. I absolutely hundred percent agree with that. I think that he walked in, he's not one of them. They didn't like that. He's the head coach, and that's kind of what here's another one by the way, which I've I've spoken to this guy when when Darren and I had a show. We had this guy on, he was kind of a clown. I can't believe he's even grown up to be what he's grown up to be, but this big game boomer. Uh, you know, I, I expect Bill O'Brien or Tommy Reese. Guys, come on, use your brain. You know, Tommy Reese is 31 years old, and he's never been a head coach. He is not going to be the head coach at Alabama. It doesn't matter what you read. This is why Twitter can be such a moronic place from time to time. I, I don't. Maybe they interviewed him because they felt the need to interview an internal candidate. Or maybe they interviewed an internal candidate just to get a feel for the program to help them go find another head coach. It ain't gonna be Tommy Reese. It ain't gonna be a 31-year-old first year offensive coordinator at Alabama. He ain't the guy.
5: Sorry. I would think not after the year they've had. Sorry. I don't know. It ain't How him. appealing is Dan Mullen, though, now that yeah, maybe I hired Dan Mullen before I he's Reese. done in Florida. Absolutely. Like 100%. Out, you know, I think I think the shine on Mullen's apple is a lot brighter than it was when he walked out the door at Florida just by virtue of the fact that Napier, a hell of a recruiter, uh, has not been able to do much with that program. So,
4: Yeah, dude, I would hire – hey, look, you, you ready for this? And then we got go to get a break. We have to get a break because we got – Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Okay.
4: yeah John's John up. You want to <laughs> know who I'd hire before I hired Tommy Reese? Will Muschamp.
3: room well, and, <laughs> go, and they'd stay healthy
4: and he'd win two national championships yeah that's just uh, much, luck much a good Alabama first year he'd win a title we'd all be left scratching our heads the whole band is already there they put the band back together they win the national championship and then all the Gamecock fans in the country jump off a bridge somewhere it that's is just like yeah that would just
3: that's that's not only South Carolina's luck but it's Florida's luck, too, when a guy named Steve Spurrier or Urban Meyer is not coaching there. They've had rotten – I mean, they, 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 arguably their their misfortune is worse than South Carolina's because they were once great. I could have been somebody, Charlie. I could have been a contender.
5: been a contender.
3: Back when the head ball coach was here, we were rolling. Urban Meyer had it rolling.
5: <laughs>
3: oh, nothing. We're nothing anymore, Charlie. We had this this bum, this guy from, from, from Sunbelt, Sunbelt Billy.
5: Some milk, Bill, Billy.
3: <laughs> Jeez. Oh. What? No, top, says I'll meet you at the, at the top of the Cooper River Bridge. JB, if that happens.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I'll say this: you can do a whole lot worse than Will Saunders. Saunders I'll say this: you, you jump first. I'll be right behind <laughs> you. Okay. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Uh,
3: My man Kilwan uh, Lewis uh, has a good idea. How about Urban Meyer?
5: I was just about to say. I was like, "How desperate does Bama get before He's that out there lurking. Up? Yes.
3: Good God. Yeah, want to talk about fortune. <laughs> I mean, I thought South Carolina did good getting Steve Spurrier to replace Luke Holtz, but wait, Urban Meyer replacing Nick Saban at Bama will be very intriguing. They won't,
4: they won't you talking him. about Kwan, uh, co- yeah, Kawan? Yeah, Kawan Lewis, like Gamecock Kawan Lewis, covered him as a recruit. Linebacker Jersey kid, Ka-wan Lewis. what's up, man? He's a, up. He's a dude. A He's
3: coaching man. ball now. He's a good, good old guy. But one of my good. favorite recruits to ever cover. And
1: good for you.
4: Dude. Yeah, Kwan could play. Kwan could play. No doubt. Well, here another one who could play. But on the offensive side is up next. John Strickland. When we return on ITG.
0: And chicken cock originated actually in Paris, Kentucky, in, in, which is today Bourbon County.
3: If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass, Sierra Foss of Caldwell Banker Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside, all of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan, And many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Sierfoss, 864-414-5271, Caldwell Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs.
4: Building your dream home is often just that, a dream and sometimes a nightmare. Columbia and go Game Cops.
3: Baseball
5: Above the mist, with a little peace and some harmony.
4: guys were just getting cranked up the last time that the South Carolina Gamecocks beat the LSU Tigers in football, 1994. That's the same year that Cracked Rear View came out and was the number one selling album in the world, believe it or not. That's not when John Strickland played for the Gamecocks, so just in case anybody was wondering, inside the Gamecocks of the show, final hour here. On a Friday as we head into a uh, chicken cock weekend, which I guarantee if you look over the right or left shoulder of John Strickland, I'll bet you there's a bottle of it somewhere back there. He's got everything else. Why not? Um, but uh, happy there to is. have – I bet there – I'm sure there is. I'm sure there is. Happy to have Big John back uh, to uh, to get into some football with us here on Inside the Gamecocks. Gamecock Traditions mm-hmm. is a tradition Gamecock fans. If you are not in the Midlands, like up near – or in Lexington or out there at uh, the village at Sand Hill, you can go to com. order what you want and they will deliver it to your home. There's always something on sale. There's a clearance section. So uh, if you just need something extra with the logo on it, or there's a specific shirt, shoes, tents, footballs, maybe you're going to get a baseball signed as Carolina baseball season is right around the corner. Anything. It may be uh, tailgating cups, you name it. I mean, if it, Let me just summarize this quickly. If it exists and it's got a Carolina logo on it, it's at Gamecock Traditions. That's where you want to go, GamecockTraditions.com. Speaking of that, there's Kevin Lucas Mm -hmm. in the uh, Manisport chat box. Uh, Hey, Kevin. Hey, John. What's up? What's going on? Well, I mentioned the uh, LSU 94 uh, game because Nick Saban coached at LSU, and you played on the Gamecocks a football team that played down there in 2002. You also were on the team that played them in 2003 in Columbia, the year, of course, that they went on to win the national championship. And uh, now, 21 years later, Nick's out of coaching. It's crazy.
6: Yeah, that that uh, that 2003 LSU defense was the best defense I ever played against in my entire career. Really? Yeah. They, they were legit. I mean, they must champ scheme, and they just had some dudes. Yeah. So how,
4: because I'm trying the 03. You're talking about that you said the 03 defense. Yep.
0: Yep. That was the yeah, national title. That's right. Whatever. Yeah. And y'all,
4: sport, y'all scored seven points in that game. So. <laughs>
6: yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. I hate to call my boy out. Hart Turner had a touchdown in his hands and it went right through him. <laughs> but uh, so it should have been 14, but we, we won't give Hart a hard time. Yeah. We're, Don Jarrell
3: threw a big long pass for the, the one, I remember, because it was 19 nothing. I, mean, I cut it to 19-7, and then they just ran.
6: Yeah, Dondrell did a bootleg uh, out to the left, um, and I guess one of the DBs or one of the linebackers kind of blitzed and came up to meet him, and Dondrell just threw it, touchdown, and uh, the dude late hit the hell out of him. And I went over there and ran at that guy and I was ready to fight his ass. I mean, I ain't gonna lie. Uh but we yeah, we got the touchdown and a uh rough under quarterback on that play. So uh but yeah, no, i you know, it's crazy Nick Saban's gone, but um you know, he's in his seventies, man. He's made a ton of money, he's did uh more than any coach could ever dream of. Uh it's time to go enjoy life on the dock of his lake house with his grandkids and all that stuff and um, I think that's probably 70% of the reason. And I think the other 30% is the trans, uh, the portal craziness. Uh, so I think, uh, both of those things combined, he was just like, Hey, it's time to time to ride off into the sunset. And, uh, mm-hmm. so I just think that's where he's at, but yeah, you know, I met Nick Saban, uh, 2004. Me, George, Goss, and Coach Holtz were at SEC Media Day, and um, they were there the same day as us. So I think it was uh, obviously it was saving uh, the center, their center, Ben Wilkerson, um, which mm-hmm. I know Ben um, and um, DB Corey Webster, who uh, mm-hmm. yeah, Corey Webster, I think that's right, yeah. He played in the NFL for I think for the Giants for like eight years with my high school teammate who started at safety and Corey was the uh, corner. But uh, but yeah, no, nah, met him once. You know, said a few words. We were up at the uh, the Winfrey Hotel over there, and um, we were they take us up to like the penthouse suite up top before we go down to uh, talk to all the media, and th- them and us were up there at the same time.
4: Uh, what did he have to say?
6: Ah, uh, not much. I mean, uh, I just I hear my coach Holtz for mostly talking. I'm just over there hanging out on the
4: couch. Who was who taller? Who was taller, Lou or Nick?
6: Ah, uh, it's about even. Yeah, oh. I'd say uh, I'd say it's about even. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I think they're about the same height. Yeah, yeah, yeah You
4: know, because Coach Holtz was five six. Five. No,
6: they're they're not that short. They're probably five eight. I'd say five eight, five six. Nah, he's not that short. Um, uh, he's about five eight.
3: They both went to Kent State and played defensive back. How about Yeah, that? yeah. Weird. I was just about to say that. And Coach Holtz is from East Liverpool, Ohio, which yeah. is right across the river from West Virginia. It, he's basically in, was basically in West
6: Virginia, same part right. of the country
3: they grew up in. So.
6: Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and I caught a little bit of the beginning of the show earlier this morning, uh, and you know, obviously. I know JC brought up, you know, when Coach Holtz retired, uh, and I was so Michael. So it wasn't after the Tennessee game. So after the Tennessee game, we had Arkansas at home the next week. We beat Uh-oh. Arkansas. I forgot that, yeah, yeah, and uh, we were six and three. And you know that Tennessee game was kind of a shootout. They wound up they scored there again and beat us by two touchdowns. I think it was forty three twenty nine. But that uh old miss came that year we had no business losing that game they scored with 16 seconds left to win and we we controlled that whole game and my buddy flowers caught caught the touchdown pass and then georgia we were up 16 to nothing mm-hmm. and they came back and beat us 20 to 16 and we were on the three yard line about to score with uh with what 20 seconds left to to win that game and yeah. uh yeah, it just didn't work out. Dondrell actually got injured on that play at the Georgia game that, and hardly played none the rest of the year.
3: That's one of the hardest-hitting games I've ever seen. Yeah. That 4 Georgia game on yeah. black uniforms. I was in that end zone with Dondrell coming towards me, and he he got hit so Greg hard. Greg Blue. Greg Blue. Yeah, Greg Blue, yep. Greg Blue and yep. Thomas Davis and all those dudes that would just knock you into next week and – I felt, I felt Dondrell's teeth probably rattled a little bit.
6: Yeah, Dondrell. I mean, Don, Dondrell will tell you, that's the hardest he had, he had ever been hit in his life. That team also
3: beat Alabama and
6: Tuscaloosa
3: with Savelle and a great we defense. and he uh, did. That o uh, four 4 that was interesting, you know. And then the Spurrier rumors happened. And since you were on that team, John, I would venture to say at Florida uh, and – I, the, I'll uh, tell you, I know. Then Clemson, know. y'all probably yeah. weren't focused. I mean, probably. No,
6: no. and uh, God, who who did the book? Uh, not Michael Haney, but Travis Haney, and uh, uh, I think David Kleiniger may have helped him out some on this thing, but they asked me for an interview, and and I just told them straight up. I was like, well, I can tell you this. That that 4 team, we, we actually had a really good team. We had a bunch of good players. Um, I mean, hell. Like I said, there's three games in there that easily you could have won and you're undefeated going into that Florida game. But instead we were six and six and three. But um, mm-hmm. I wish Coach Holtz would not have told us uh, he was retiring until after the Clemson game because I feel like a lot of the younger guys um, on the team, once that happened, they just kind of felt like they could do whatever they wanted just do their own thing, whatever. The team just kind of fell apart after he announced that. Because we went down to Gainesville, and we got our ass kicked straight up. And they had a lame duck coach, too. Yeah, they were not that good that year. They were were not good at all. We had no business getting beat like that. But I think with just Coach Holtz telling us he was, you know, retiring after the season, um, it just kind of went south after that. But, yeah, I – I'll never forget after Coach Holtz told us we were going out to practice the next day, and Phil Petty was a GA. He's like, "Hey, straight, just just so you know, Spurs is going to be the next coach." I was like, "Really?" He's like, "Yep, it's already a done deal." So, you know, I, I having
4: all these conversations like it makes you really think about these coaching. Like Coach Saban said yesterday in that interview with Reese Davis that you know. You don't know if there's ever a good time to retire, but can you make it the right time? Which those two things don't – they're not always going to be the same thing. And you think about um, what happened with Coach Spurrier. I mean, most coaches get fired. It's very rare, right, that coaches get to go out on their own accord. So South Carolina had back-to-back coaches before Coach Tanner had to let go. of Coach Muschamp, of course, they had back-to-back coaches retire. And and you – like, I mean, all these decisions, if it doesn't end well, are going to be criticized until the end of time. Um, I mean, like you just mentioned, the way that Coach Holtz left and then obviously the way that Coach Spurrier left. You know, he felt like the best thing for him to do was get out of the way, as he says. Um, And –
6: And he was probably right, too. I I I Actually, I believe –
4: yeah, like I'm one of the few people that actually believed that, John, when he was like – best thing for me to do is remove myself because I wasn't I wasn't helping this program anymore and yeah a lot, of, a lot of people think he just quit which he did quit both things are true but like I just think that it goes to show you like now Saban was five minutes from walking into it he didn't even know what to say to his team according to the interview yesterday that he gave he said I was going to walk in there and either say okay here's what this looks like the rest of the year and let's get ready to roll or I was going to walk in and say I was retiring he had not even made his mind up five minutes before. I, I just – it makes me think about when it's the end for these coaches, how hard it is for them to figure out exactly how to do it. Is there a perfect time? When is the perfect time? All those type things. And I don't know there's real, a real
6: answer. Yeah, I mean, saying goes, hindsight's 20-20. So, you know, you just never know when's a good time to do something. Um, you know, I understand what Sprayer did. I mean, the season was already kind of going down the tubes, you know, down the drain. Uh, But, you know, I think in Coach Holtz's case, you know, we still had a lot to play for. Uh, And, uh, you know, but maybe in his mind, he's like, all right, I'm going to let these guys know this is my last year and it's going to rally them to, hey, let's go win these uh, last two games and go eight and three and go to a big-time bowl, blah, blah, blah. And uh, just it didn't – it did a complete opposite of that. But, uh, you know, you just never know how it's going to go.
4: John Strickland one seventeen here. What what is it, Phil? July the twelfth?
5: July. Yeah.
4: Football's right around the corner. I boogered yeah. that
5: up earlier. It does not look like that outside, JB. Yeah. No, it no, it's <laughs> not. Is it raining up there? Is it or is yeah, it just it, it just started,
4: so yeah, it's it's coming down brace here.
5: Brace boys. It's coming. <laughs>
4: so um moving to this football program here, John. I I'm probably, again, in the minority. Uh, Yeah, I try to stay away from the freak-out crowd. Um, But there's a lot that's about to change again whenever we find out who's going to be the next coach at Alabama. Uh, There's going to be a lot of coaches that are once again going to be moving around, and that's going to affect – I I even have a hunch it's going to affect us at South Carolina more. Like once Shane gets this situation settled, he's probably going to have to deal with something else somewhere. Um, it's just kind of how it works. And, um, so I, I, think we're going to continue to see this, you know, when you, when you look at this program and the changes that are being made, we've still got a running backs coach to fill. Uh, now, according to the reporting of JC Sherbert up in the upper left-hand corner of the screen here, uh, James Coley is going to come coach wide receivers step. If he's staying on staff, will be coaching tight ends and all those type things. When you evaluate, we're a couple of months removed. And now we're going to have at least two, if not three or more, new coaches and in, in new faces and things like that uh, at Carolina. What, what do you think about all that?
1: Uh,
6: well, you know, I I, I like uh, the the one higher already and then the kind of running backs, coaches that I've been hearing, that y'all have been hearing. Um, you know, the name, I, I, I like both of them. Um, you know, and I know Step's probably not uh, thrilled to be uh, – move to the tight ends coach but I just uh, I'd love to see him stay around and not not hunt for something else and honestly I think this is a resume builder for him Um, you know just coaching a different position that's just my opinion on it Um, you know other people can see it a different way but uh, I think it would be a good thing for him and steps a great recruiter great coach and even better person so uh, just hope to see him hang around um Obviously with the running back's coach, we're hearing, you know, Isaac, and then obviously there's been all the talk of Smith. Uh from what I've been hearing yesterday, uh it sounds like it's more than likely Isaac, but uh that's just uh me and my hearsay. So we'll we'll just have to see how that goes.
4: Well, and you know, they there's this morning, John, there's been some some news out from up there that he has decided to stay and I don't think – J.C., have you got any official clarification on anything or are you still kind of working through that? I know we've been on the show, but um, it looks like at well, least – yeah. yeah. I think uh, – yeah. So he he is going to stay, right?
3: That That's my understanding as okay. I'm you know, I mean, look, Okay. Okay. Right. Never say never with these things.
4: Man. Yeah, that's the thing. That's what I'm getting at here. Like, I, I don't know – I mean, I don't know that anything that we hear is really going to have any teeth to it until the deals are done. You right. know what I mean? I mean, even after – the Coley stuff came out, JC, um, and and was it Hale or John or it might have been I don't know somebody else. You know we're on the board saying, "Hey, look, Miami has entered the picture here," and right, JC, like Miami came calling, and he's obviously been he's you know he knows Miami well. He coached there. All of oh, a sudden, yeah. they were in the. And after we were, our understanding was, James Coley's going to end up at South Carolina, and it seemed like that. But all, the, but it was like, wait, th- hold on, the door's not shut here on him actually going back to Miami. So I, I, I don't think these things are really going to ever end until the paperwork is signed.
3: Yeah, yeah, I mean, you're probably right. Man. I have really good reason to believe he's here. Who's here? I'll leave it at that. James Coley. He's oh no,
4: no, I know that. I, I'm not. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not saying that. I'm talking about when. The yeah, there was a moment out. there. Yeah. 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 Like,
3: that, that was Tuesday was a crazy day. Or I mean, Wednesday yeah. was a crazy day. I picked a hell of a day to get stranded at the airport for seven hours because Nick Saban, Nick Saban, Bill Belichick retire. Uh, Nick Pete Carroll gets fired. Uh, there's all that Coley talk. You know, is, is he coming? Is he not? Uh, that's when I first heard about Step moving to tight ends. It was an eventful day to be sitting at the bar for seven hours, to be honest. <laughs> I had to I'm pace sure myself, was. guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. When I started, I, I popped that first Bloody Mary at, at about ten a.m. I was like, "Ah, boy, I better go slow," and I did. And then I was fine, but man, oh man, that was. Uh, and then, and then the whole college football world explodes.
4: Well, I'm sitting I know that's what I was. He hasn't been on the show for two days, strict. And I told him, I said, "Did you haven't been on the show for so long?" That Bill Belichick, Pete Carroll, and Nick Saban aren't even coaching anymore.
0: Yeah, That's right. the longest
4: business since you've been here. Um, <laughs> wow. so all right. So I, I we were talking about the wide receiver position earlier and um, and I'm always much more interested in getting people like yours. Oh, by the way, it's national kiss a ginger day. So somebody's got to call Mike and give him oh, a, get give Flint a on we, we gotta we gotta give him a big smooch. Um but I'm always interested in y'all's opinions over anything that I have, because I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Y'all do. And, um, you know, Justin Stepp has received a lot of criticism from, I think, a lot of people that probably have about as much knowledge as I do, which is slim to none and how you coach the wide receiver position. And, um, but, you, you know, John, I, I do think that there are some things that are certainly fair uh, to, to criticize when you've got it on paper and you go back and look at, who they have recruited over the last couple of years, and and, and what those – you know, ha- collectively have they all been outstanding players here? Well, no, but but, and I'm just pre- I'm just saying my piece here, and I'm going to give you the floor. I mean, Juice Juice Wells was pretty darn good before he got to South Carolina. I feel like he got better when he got here, based on what I've heard and was told, talking to Flint and guys like that. Xavier Leggett sure turned out all right, didn't he? Best, second best season in the history of the program. And then I feel like a like I feel like the real core of what he has been recruiting is either A they were freshmen this year, like Young, or B very young and they're coming in this group that's coming in. So I don't know that it's fair to judge him as a wide receiver uh, recruiter, developer, all those type things until a little bit down the road when they've had a a chance for this mm-hmm. core group to really kind of uh, you know put itself out there and let us see the. The product. What what do you think about this group over the last couple of years? Because he's obviously, clearly not going to be coaching them anymore.
1: Well,
6: I can tell you this. All right, he had uh, uh, Xavier for three years. Right, had him Mm -hmm. for three years, developed him for three years. You saw what he did this year. Mm -hmm. Elite, elite hands. Those hands weren't there a year, two years ago. I actually just watched the old game. (laughs) I watched the old game uh, when he was a freshman and I saw him dropping balls and stuff just the other day, just for the heck of it. And uh, so look at the development there. And uh, I think you look at, uh, you know, downfield blocking. I thought it's improved receiver-wise. So long story short, I do like our receiver room. Uh, I like some of the new guys we're bringing in. Uh, I think Step has done a great job with what he's done. So, you know, if the coach, if you know, if the coaches feel a different way, then that's just the way they feel. Uh, that he would be better suited, and um, Coley would be better at wide receiver. But I, I like where this uh, wide receiver room sits. Uh, I just wish we could maybe get go find a true number one guy in the portal somewhere. Uh, not saying that there's not one. Um, but you know a big tall receiver and, and you know maybe uh maybe our our five star track guy can uh, develop through the offseason and get a little better which i don't i think he's practicing track right now though
4: <laughs> yeah i think so i mean but he will be at spring practice is my yeah
5: for sure cuz yeah,
4: they he he's on a football scholarship so they're like yeah mm-hmm. no well and like we just got in the chat box here you know back in 21 you know look what Josh Van did with with Look at the quarterbacks who were on that team. John, 700 yards that year, he had a GA throw into him. Uh,
6: yeah, I, yeah, I'll never forget uh, Van talking to Muschamp after the game at Georgia, uh, Beamer's first year and Step's first year as wide receiver coach. And Muschamp asked him, uh, it's like, man, where was this at last year? He said, coach, they coach me up and I'm getting the ball. That's what's up. And Muschamp was kind of, R-r-r-r. you know, he didn't. He was kind of in between on that comment <laughs> didn't, didn't yeah. like it a lot
0: <laughs> but yeah
6: i mean you look at josh van and what he developed into um you know van didn't have a big senior year but he made a lot of big plays uh during that senior year you know because van was a guy in you know 21 but 22 you know juice exploded onto the scene and uh that wound up you know working out well but Van had a great year that year so i mean you just look at the development right there so I think uh, Step has proven what he can do, and he uh, has coach tight ends, man. I just I hope he hangs around.
4: I, can I can I throw another name in there, folks? Jalen Brooks. Yeah, I mean Jalen yeah. Brooks had over five hundred right. yards in twenty-two. Yeah. He's playing in the NFL, right? Is he in the yeah. NFL? Playing for them Cowboys. Cowboys I mean, that's no, okay, and, and Van Van made the roster right with the Panthers, at least initially. I know for what he's, that. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's probably it's better off. Look, but, Juice, but, but you're like talking about just... in three. You're talking about in three years. Th- this guy has co I mean, okay. Uh, it's, we all agree, right? Xavier Leggett is uh, going to be in the NFL. Like it, as much as the sky is blue. So yeah. Xavier Leggett, um, Juice is gone, but he's. I mean, he's going to be in the league. Uh, Jalen Brooks is in the league. Josh Van has been in the league. I mean, the guys coached four guys in the league in three years. I'd... And took over a terrible situation.
3: Yeah. But it was bad. Yeah. receiver was bad. Uh, yeah, like that I'm, Tennessee I'm game. You know, Juice Portland
5: was – Sutton, that is also one. Yeah, that ju- yeah he coached yeah. him at SMU. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Juice was the star of that Tennessee game. But Wells – I mean, I'm sorry, but Brooks and Van also were really big. I mean, Van set the tone early. Oh, yeah. He had two touchdown receptions. Brooks had some big-time plays in that game. They don't beat Clemson if it weren't for Brooks. Brooks had some big catches in that one, that comeback right before the first touchdown. Um, yeah, I mean, he – he, it, it, you know, so I don't – you know, that's – it's just interesting. Um, it, it's an interesting move. But we don't make $6 million a year to make those decisions, fellas. So – nope. The man that does is making them. So, yeah. And I've, like I said, I've known, followed James Coley's career for 20 years. Uh,
4: great, excellent recruiter,
3: long track record, certainly, certainly a very worthy coach with uh, a good resume coming in here.
4: I mean, th- that could be part of it, couldn't it? Like, you know, from a recruiting standpoint, like clearly <laughs> Justin Stepp is a hell of a developer of talent. There is no, I mean, not in my opinion, but you can't, I can't question that. And I'm not qualified to, so I won't even try. But maybe that's it, JC. Maybe that's part of the yeah. move here. Is, that's what
6: I was that's what I was just about to say is maybe, you know, hey, he's done good at developing talent. We need something with the tight end room, to get these guys going. So maybe maybe that's the idea. And, and let so. James
4: Coley actually be the recruiter of record for a lot of these wide receivers that they want to go get
6: yeah yeah you know, south
3: carolina they don't do it like the old old days where a guy has a territory they have territories but what happens is those those dudes hit the territories initially like in winter like they're right. going on the road this week that that's when your territory guy because they go and they find mm-hmm. guys and then the position coach largely does the the heavy lifting on on the recruiting uh, right and that's a change from when coaches used to have territories and no matter what position they coach, they would go out and get guys. It's it's a, it's a lot different now. Uh, yeah, and I don't know which way I liked it better, but you know it is what it is. So now, it, you know, I think that adds a layer of accountability onto your your position coaches to make sure their room is stocked. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah.
4: So, uh, John uh, John Strickland here. It's one uh, thirty on um, Inside the Game Gamecocks the show. All right the the quarterback room is deeper uh Davis Bevel has been added as a walk on quarterback he's been in college football since 1996 uh um, yeah. <laughs> and uh so he'll he'll come in and, and be another name there but um they they're still in the market for a transfer quarterback they'll get one JC is Robbie Ashford coming in this weekend is he still visiting the Gamecocks Robbie Ashford uh Former backup quarter or former quarterback at Auburn.
3: Uh, yeah, last time I checked okay. with Hale, he was supposed to come in this weekend. So, John uh, and I like I, I think as a backup, I think he would be a good guy to get. So.
4: Yeah, I oh I agree with that. I, I agree with that. I think it would still probably send the signal that um, Lenora Sellers is a clear cut number one here. But you know this this quarterback room, I, I think that it's impossible for us to say anything other than it's not going to be as talented. As it was in 2023, that's you know Spencer Rattler was your quarterback in 2023. So, um, and and yet a bunch of other guys who you know who've transferred out, who are all you know talented guys, but they're not here anymore. Um, but you know, do, what do you what do you what do you put on that? Like with all the things that they're trying, all the issues they're trying to solve, you know, getting it right up front. We've talked extensively about offensive line. You're a pro with that. You you were a Remington Award watch list guy as a center at South Carolina. um, You know, what do you put on the shoulders of the quarterback position compared to they've rebuilt the running back room, they've rebuilt the tight end room, they've added more talent, and they're going to continue to develop the young guys with the offensive line. Like, it's important to have guys and sign guys and have depth, but, like, do they need to have a Spencer Rattler-type production for this offense to, to get better, or what, what do you think?
6: I I don't think so. I think, uh, like, you look at an example like Lenoris. I mean, he's got the running ability. Now, don't get me wrong. Spencer could get out of the pocket and run. We saw Spence make a lot of big runs, uh, especially this past year when he was running for his life. But uh, uh, I think Lenores just brings a different type of vibe to the quarterback room. And, uh, you know, he's got a big arm, of course, uh, but he's got that uh, – that other side of him where he's probably one of the top five fastest guys on the entire team. I mean, the, the kids got wheels. So I think that's where you're going to see the offense thrive in different ways is him being a, such a running threat, um, you know, uh, compared to this past year where we were just mostly pocket passer, drop back, throw the ball, all that good stuff. I think you can see a lot more wrinkles with a in it. So no, I don't think, uh, you have to throw for whatever Spencer did 3,200 yards and complete, uh, which I'd like to see complete seventy something percent of your passes, but, huh. <laughs>
4: uh,
6: um, but I mean, I'm not saying you have to have that next year to go win ball games and get better. Um, you just, it all comes down to eliminating turnovers really is what, what, what it comes down to. And then the wrinkle he throws in with his legs. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it's pretty, I, I'm excited to see, okay. We've seen glimpses. Uh, so I'm excited to see how we use him in this offense.
4: All right. So when you, when you were at Carolina, a one to Yep. Uh, in 2001, Y'all walked into spring practice and Phil Petty was the quarterback. Yep. There there was no, you know, Phil nah. Petty's the quarterback. Yeah. Um, when you walked into spring practice in 02, Phil Petty was not here anymore. Uh do you remember what it was like showing up to spring practice and maybe having an idea of who your starting quarterback is? Like Sakanata has an idea who their starting quarterback's going to be, but this is gonna be their first, or his first spring practice as the guy getting the attention. What is that like?
6: Yeah, I mean, you kind of knew going in, you felt like it, you know, okay, this is probably going to be Corey's spot, but you knew Dondrell was right there on his heels. Um, And, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously it was weird after Phil leaves and you got a whole new guy in there, and especially a totally different style,
4: Mm -hmm. you know,
6: because Corey, he had the Corey could run, man, and he made a lot of great runs in his career, too. Um, before being moved to safety, whenever Don Drill took over, uh, or what? Yeah, safety or a lot. Yeah, I can't remember. He was moving to safety or a Yeah. Yeah. Safety. yeah safety. I thought so. It's a long time ago, man. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right? 22 yeah. years ago. Ooh. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was definitely different when you know you have a different guy coming in to be the starting quarterback. Uh, and I actually went into the spring and, you know, I was I was still a redshirt freshman that year and I was a starting uh, I was a starting center going into spring. I wound up getting beat out by, you know, somebody that deserved it and beat me out. Um, C.J. Fry did beat me out. Uh, uh, so I won't deny that, but but Sorry, yeah, he I went could into, he could play. That's all right. Yeah. C.J. was a good, good player for sure. Um, So, but yeah, I mean, it was just, it was, it was weird because, you know, I went in the spring. I was a starting center that spring going into it. And, uh, you know, having, having Corey back there versus uh, Petty, it was a little different. But, you know, the season before, we did use Corey a good bit. Mm -hmm. Um, There's actually one of my favorite clips of me blocking and Corey diving right over the top of me uh, to score a touchdown against Clemson in 01. I was a freshman or a redshirt freshman. And, I had to go in and play the whole game because Laurel Johnson went down like the first or second series of the game against Hunts yeah. and I won. And we would put Corey in there and it would run, and we were on the goal. So you know, had a bunch of experience with Corey, you know, being at center. But uh, but yeah, I mean, Corey was one of those guys who could just really run and make things happen with his legs. But yeah, it's 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 a different change when you have a new guy back there because your quarterback's your leader of your team. I mean, right? It just he just is. It's it, the way it and, goes.
4: And it's just a matter of how strong of a leader is he. Like that's, a, mm-hmm. I mean, there was, there We just mentioned to Shane yesterday. Uh, you know, he was on, he was on with us, and I think remember when they first signed uh, Spencer Rattler, and yeah. everybody around here was going berserk. I mean, I was on the phone with Flint till two in the morning. He was going through wine bottle after wine bottle after wine bottle. He just couldn't contain his emotions. I'm just kidding, Michael. Um, <laughs> um, but, um, but, but, but as excited as we were internally, or I say like, you know, here in South Carolina, a lot of the national, at that point in time, and JC, you, you covered this, like, I mean, is you covered this better than everybody. So you, you heard it all and you saw it all. You know, we all remember what the national narrative on Spencer Rattler was. Cancer in the locker room, selfish, this, that, and the other. This is how it ended. And we were talking to Shane yesterday, and we're like, man, when you stepped up and you said, this is the Spencer Rattler that I know. This is the guy that I'm bringing in here. I know what he's all about. He didn't lie to anybody. People wanted to call him a liar, but he wasn't. Uh, and and it turned out to be a hundred thousand percent true. There isn't yeah. a soul who's involved in this football program that has anything to say about Spencer Rattler other than this guy is a dude. And where would they have? They were five and seven. Oh my God! Where would they have been without him? Um, it would have been a train wreck. So. You're losing that leadership. What do you think is more important for Lenoris? Uh, performing well or gaining the trust of his teammates?
6: Uh, it's definitely gaining the trust of the teammates. I mean, that's that's first and foremost, which that's going to happen during this offseason. Okay? That's happening right now, winter workouts. That's starting now, gaining the trust of your teammates, the respect, hey, can we depend on this guy? Is he our guy? Is he a leader? Uh, so all that will happen through the spring and the summer. And then by the time you get to fall camp, you know what you got. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's always the thing is, you know, because if if, you, if the chemistry is not there with the team, it's just like, you know, anything, you know, if the chemistry's not there with your coworkers or whatever, there's going to be some cracks and, you know, things not go well. So uh, I think building that rapport with your uh, your teammates is very important. That's, that's what the off-season workouts and spring practice is for.
4: That's kind of the problem around here. We have no rapport. Phil doesn't respect me. I don't respect JC. JC doesn't respect – I mean, it's a big joke behind me. I don't respect lead. anybody. I don't <laughs> respect anybody. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I love Lamp. Yeah, I, I love yeah. Lamp. I mean, it's easy. You feel like it's easy to gain the respect of your teammates when you just go out there and ball. But like that's yeah, not always nah, the case. I mean,
6: it's not. It's, but I will tell you this: you come out and you're 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 a gamer and you're balling. It sure makes everything feel better. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Coach
3: <laughs> Spurrier used to tell guys that weren't good, like that tried to be vocal leaders. And like, you're not very good. Your second team. Maybe be a little quieter. you're not you're not a starter you you don't play you you know know, maybe you're a little
6: quieter you know hey coach coach (laughs) player was so hilarious so hilarious i'll remember so he recruited me at florida so i I went down there on probably a handful of unofficial visits uh when he was recruiting me at florida and then uh, obviously i wound up coming to south carolina but uh you know, once he got here and, you know, I went to Washington, you know, undrafted. I went to Washington, went to mini camp, and went up there. And then I eventually got cut and uh, I came back uh, and uh, I, I talked to Spironis, Jamie Spironis. I was like, hey, I'm going to stop by, you know, this is back when the coach's office was uh, in the end zone. Um, so I was like, yeah, I'm going to stop by and maybe talk to Coach Spurrier. He's like, yeah, come on up. So I go up there. Jamie's like, yeah, let's go over to his office. Walk in there. He's like, hey, 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 John. Hey, uh, how you doing? I was like, pretty good, Coach. He's like, yeah, you was, was with the Redskins about as long as I was, wasn't you? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the first thing he said to me. I was just like, <laughs> what? <laughs> like, come on, Coach. But he, lo- he that's how he was. Uh, he liked to joke around like that, you know? He's, yeah. he's always got these little one-liners.
4: Dude, he's he's. I mean, of everybody that I've ever talked to that's played golf with him, too. I mean, Coach Mangus and and uh Connor and Pat. And I mean, I've talked to probably 20 people that play golf with Coach Spurrier. They say it's the worst thing on the planet,
6: oh, like yeah, I've, heard, I've heard about that.
4: Like, it's the worst because he needles you the whole time, even if you're on his team. He just he needles you the whole time. He's a rule follower to the no, 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 that's not a club head. You, you got to go back and, you know, you can't do this. You can't coach him on your team. He, no,
6: doesn't, he doesn't like play slow play either. Don't play slow either. Get like yeah. to your ball, get said, hit it, let's keep going. <laughs> he, he doesn't like that from what I've heard.
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, when I see him hobble around, it hurts me. It just hurts me. Uh, it just uh, – oh, here we go. Hey, look, we've got somebody – Phil, yesterday we had someone asking us for gas money. Today, Candy uh, wants to know we'll send her a friend request. So we can know more about each other. We want to get I to know to you, Sandy. Hey, what what different outlets are we on? The last couple of days have been strange.
3: This
5: goes to show yeah, Facebook is a wild place because that's where it all happens there. Oh. Is <laughs> well, that, that it? is that it? goes always, down. Everything that's goes down right on Facebook. I figured there's
6: somebody yeah, who's just it's pretty funny. I don't know what y'all got going on over there
4: trying to
5: sabotage our program okay yes and then here elder llama is going to come in with the uh yeah with the with the kruger takes which is you know this is everybody's on brand here so this is good <laughs> okay <laughs> all, right.
4: <laughs> good. Yeah. all right things are things are really falling into place this week yeah. hey can you hear me no.
6: yeah we can hear you yeah you're good. yeah. all yeah. right i, I lost the, i lost the sound on y'all
4: <laughs> yeah this is this is getting funny uh john uh b- <laughs> but before we let you go here, um, what are these guys going through, man? At, now that they're about a week into winter workouts, how 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 over this are they already? Can you hear us? He can't hear us. Oh, oh, check there John, Check one, two. You got us. I
5: bet he lost his Bluetooth. He, Did you, get you a hear, phone us, John? Call?
4: Yeah, I don't think he can hear us. So he might you know what he's connected to the Bluetooth is what it is. And uh yeah. and uh he's probably gotta try to find a way to disconnect that. But um anyways, uh we'll give him one more can you hear us We can hear you. <laughs> I'm just trying usually I don't pay attention to the chat box stuff. Now I'm following along over here, and these cats are just this is Candy. Oh, it's,
5: this is, it gets fun here. It gets fun. I'm gonna quit uh now I haven't blocked anybody, so they can all come back. And, uh, yeah. Unless
3: it's like the porn, you know.
5: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, yeah. I put them in timeout if they get a little mouthy, but not, not the regulars. I let them go at it. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I let them just beat each other. Yeah, just let them. Yeah. yeah hey, no, here's John's contract.
6: That sound cut out. I couldn't hear y'all. No,
4: probably the. Yeah, was it connected to the headphones?
6: Yeah, I don't know what happened, but
4: did you click
5: message, John? <laughs> did you,
4: did you, did you? <laughs> hey, first of all, before we, before we let you run, first of all, did you happen to catch Garcia with us yesterday? Did you see his story oh, yeah. about being called a me, Mexican? I,
6: I, I knew my boy uh, Viva Garcia was uh, coming on, so uh, and I heard <laughs> Beamer was coming on after, so I definitely uh, got done with my work stuff and sat on the couch and watched that 45 minutes of uh, Elmer <laughs> Beamer.
4: Dude, when he told that story about being Cuban, I he texted me afterwards, which was surprising to me. He, this is surprising. We've known John, we've known Stephen for I've known him for 17 years. Uh, so you probably known him for 17 years too. I yeah. would imagine
6: the freshman.
4: Um, and I've never heard an apology from. Him. He texted me and he said, "Dude, I'm so sorry. I cussed and drank beer on your show. I hope I didn't get you in trouble." <laughs>
6: Ah, uh, hey, this, this is a fun show, man. I think, uh, you know, that was that was Steven. funny. I think everybody got a good laugh from Garcia. <laughs> maybe Maybe, we, it,
0: should,
4: maybe yeah. we should have guys drinking on the air more often. Do you have any alcohol near you that you could grab? <laughs> <laughs> Do you think uh-huh. you could find some much? <laughs> <laughs> I Jeez. Uh, it's just water. Just water, guys. <laughs> hey, w- hey when, when when I go up there, we're gonna do the like the spring game or something that Friday we'll do it from Strick's house and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna start uh tipping in on his bourbon about nine that morning. Yeah. So uh, by stop the time we by. cut on the mic.
6: Yeah, stop on by. We're gonna be
4: <laughs> hopping out of closets like magic shows, ready to double t- no, I'm just kidding. Yeah.
6: <laughs> I just watched that. Yeah. So, by the way, great quote. One of my favorite movies of all time. By the way, I've probably at least seen Old School. I would say probably a, over a thousand times. I'm not joking. I, I wouldn't.
4: I wouldn't doubt that. I don't know if I'm a thousand, but maybe like 900. I mean, every yeah. time it's on, you like we mentioned the um,
6: what movie were we talking about earlier?
4: Cool Runnings. Every oh, time Cool good, Runnings love on. Runnings. Got to watch it. Yeah, yeah. You need to get in on the Fiverr and Dimer stuff that Schubert and uh, and um, the Golden Tones of Mike Morgan do. The Fiverr and Dimer movies is. Do you know what that means? Dimer's a JC explain it. It's your show. It's your. All right, okay.
3: yeah. So a Fiverr is like, you know, you've seen it probably five total times. Yeah. A Dimer and a is Dimer and above. It's like usually you'll drop. Oh, you a remote dropper. You'll drop the remote when you when you're looking at the movie's on, and then like the really ones we've seen all, a whole lot, we call them Ben Franklin's. So <laughs> that's uh, me and Mike. We did on JC and Morgan, and we go we'll go through about three movies and break them down. Uh, and we did it on, on this show for Christmas movies. We had uh, the three of us: Matt Anderson, who hosts the late night Gamecock Show, and Mike Morgan. Yeah, all, it's on YouTube, and we we went through Christmas movies, and it was
6: hilarious. <laughs>
4: What is the Ben Franklin of Christmas movies, John?
6: Man, I mean, it's tough to say, but it's got to be Elf. Elf? Elf. Whoa. Oh, right. dude, listen, right. listen. Curveball. I will, I will literally, if that thing is, I bet it was since Thanksgiving, Elf was on TV every day and I watched it just about every single day just a month ago. I'm not joking. That's how good mm-hmm. it is, and then you can throw in National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, and then, yeah. Uh, yeah. but Elf is uh, Elf is it for me, man. If that's on TV, I'm watching it. Mm-hmm. That's and my good, oldest I mean, son and my oldest son kind of looks like uh, Buddy the Elf a little bit, Does he he, he's that's got he's got hair like Will Ferrell, you know, same color, yeah. So,
4: candy corn, candy syrup,
6: candy, <laughs> candy, candy canes, candy corns. <laughs> Syrup. Hello, this is yes. Buddy. What's your favorite color? <laughs> What's your favorite? The best scene was when he came down the,
3: the, the the little person was in there at the meeting, and he kept calling, "Oh, you're an angry elf." And yeah, an angry Call elf. Me. Yes. Yeah. That was Great movie. delicious. Great movie. Hey, uh, I, I got on the Alabama message board.
0: Oh man, no. hey, here,
3: here I'll I'm gonna read you one of the responses to their latest update. Disgusting. This is Greg <laughs> Burns' failure, one hundred percent. He and the coach he's about to hire will be packing their bags in four years, no doubt. The writing was on the wall. You saw how he handled the arena situation—unprepared and outworked.
4: <laughs> yeah, okay.
3: Next, next <laughs> one. Jimmy Sexton is making an
6: absolute killing off of us this off season.
0: That's true. Is. That's his is. job. That's <laughs> his job. So, so who,
6: his y'all job. Who, who y'all got penciled in? Who you think? God,
3: well, since we've been on there, three people: two Sark and Norvell have apparently yeah. turned it down because they've I, announced major, massive contract extensions at Texas and FSU. So, yeah, I saw that.
4: Kalen DeBoer has not yet. I think I just saw who I don't know who it was on Twitter. Credible said it's gonna it's Kalen DeBoer's job to turn down.
6: Yeah, yeah that's
3: what I think too. Um, Which you know. He's a great coach, man.
4: He's had, had had Washington not made the playoffs, would he be the guy?
6: Probably. Probably not. Not. Yeah. Probably
4: not. Who would it be? I'm still in the camp that Lane Kiffin's the right one, but
6: I mean,
3: I'm the, hey, the latest I'm, report. Be up from Bama from my Bama site. It's like it said I know some of you want Lane Kiffin, but it's not. I've checked again; it's not happened. It's the Bama. Bama thinks they're they don't want a guy like that. Because they have these.
6: Well, I'll tell them this. this. <laughs> if if Kiffin had the roster like he's got, like Alabama has, they'd be winning just like Saban has. Promise you that.
4: I, I agree with that. And, John, I think he's got the kahunas to handle the Bama brass. They yep. don't care. Yep. Whatever. 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 Fine. Okay. Whatever. Some of these guys will shrivel up with all that type of pressure, you know?
6: Yeah. Now, did they reach out to Dabo? I know Clemson country was having a meltdown yesterday.
4: Yeah, because they're having a meeting today. It's their first team meeting of the semester.
6: I Only Dabo's been in the mix. Yeah, I'm a little I, shocked by that, but not totally. And,
3: and, and I, I think it's unfortunate in some ways. Not, not that I care if he leaves Clemson or not, because until he embraces the portal, they're not going to get back, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't understand. I, I, the, the, the The media kind of threw him under the bus when the job came open, and well, he's this is the bad time because he's slipping now. He would have been a no brainer, but he's slipping. But look, the guy still has won two beat Bama twice for a national championship. Oh. He's an alum. He's one hundred and seventy and forty three. I mean, he's a stone cold winner. And there's two schools he loves: Clemson and Alabama. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. You know, yes, and I, and I love Kalen DeBoer, and I think he's one of the best coaches in the country. I've said that all year, but you're sitting there trying to go for Kalen DeBoer and you know the hot noon at the Dan Lannings of the world and stuff. They don't have the track record Debo Sweeney has. They don't. I mean, if I was Bam, I'd be all over Debo Sweeney. I mean, and, and it's not like Clemson's had a Florida State style collapse like under Jimbo, right? Yeah. like Jimbo left a six and six, five and six football team, yeah, behind. Yeah. Uh, Dabo won, I think, his last five games and, and won nine games. Now it's the first time they hadn't won 10 to 10 years. Yeah, which is I crazy. just, I, you know, to me, I would have, I'd have at least given it. Maybe, and who's to say that, that if the door turns them down, they won't go in that direction, but he would have been a little higher for me. Uh, and I thought the media wrote some really unfair stuff about him, framing him kind of as a coach on the downward side of, of, and maybe he is. Um, I mean he could but be, but I'll also remind everybody that Dabo on his calling show earlier this year mentioned that he's got the Clemson plan and they're gonna follow the Clemson plan, talking about the portal and all that. He's like, But if I go someplace else, maybe I'll think different. Everybody missed that with me. <laughs> I did not well, that's, that's what makes <laughs> you you. Apparently Greg Byrne missed it too, <laughs> so <laughs> I just you know I, I thought, "Well, that's interesting." He said that, so wow. I don't know. Um, I, I I think that I mean you know maybe uh, what's uh,
6: what's what's Dabo's record versus Saban in Alabama head it? Did. Oh yeah, it's, it's
4: two and two. is it five? Two or? is it two and two? Right. Yeah,
6: I'm, mm-hmm. I just don't see if y'all know. That's
4: yeah. oh, he's, yeah. Lost yeah. South,
3: he, he's lost to South he's lost Carolina more than any other team.
2: Yeah.
4: Right.
3: You yeah. 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 guys have beat him six times. I, I think Florida State may be at five now. Mm-hmm. But he's he's got more losses. But it was weird. Frank Howard, one of their legends, he had a losing record against the mm-hmm. Gamecocks.
5: <laughs>
3: it's the coaches like Tommy Bowden that have run it up on Carolina during the series. Yeah. You know,
6: other learning. you want another uh, another great tidbit? Do you know Nick Saban at Alabama versus SEC opponents? Uh, he has winning records against all of them, but his win his percentage of winning versus uh, all the teams the lowest is South Carolina. How yep. about that? Yep. two and one six sixty seven?
3: Yep, <laughs> he won two and lost one. And
5: one the biggest thing that I took away from that, was like. Are not we glad that the SEC has changed the scheduling model? I mean, 17 years you only played the team three, three times. times.
3: I think Alabama's coming back on the schedule at the perfect time.
5: Yeah, right. Well, yeah,
6: I agree.
3: Perfect timing.
4: Yeah. Well, it is now.
3: Again. Didn't.
4: <laughs> Certainly. Uh, yeah, didn't. I mean, that made that trip to T town a lot more interesting. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, but, yeah, yeah. and the crazy thing about that, the three times, is they were back-to-back in 09 and 2010, only once since. So, and that 09 game, you know, as we talked to Steven about yesterday, was very frustrating because Gamecocks had a chance until Saban said, to hell with it, just keep snapping it to Ingram. (laughs) He'll move the ball. Yeah,
6: I mean, no doubt about that, but I'll tell you what, I remember watching that game and just – Jason, so many, Jason so many opportuni- to Yeah, there were so many opportunities in the red zone that we did not score touchdowns uh, in that game. And I, was see, yeah. I was there. I was there. took us four
3: hours to get out. The only place open to eat was this truck stop. You
4: know, hey, you know when I was there, John? 2004. 04? I was there, mm. too. That
6: place was quite round. <laughs> yep, that's <laughs> right. I remember you were there very well. They could not stop us that night. They had no no answer for us. Me, it was – let's see, what? Me, uh, what, Chris White, Jabari, John Austin, and Nation Goddard. We literally – us five, we just lined up and knocked them off the ball game. I think we rushed for like 200-something yards, and we just ate the clock up the entire game, and the defense played their ass off.
4: Yep. Yep. And it was great. Quiet, quiet, quiet walking out of there. Quiet. Were, it was. Except for the mm-hmm. one corner of the whole yeah. place. the Carolina, that place was – yeah, that was that was my first time ever in Tuscaloosa. It was uh, the Houndstooth. Barely made it out alive. John, what let you – Carolina's I?
3: three – Carolina's beating Bama three three and six against them in the SEC, which yeah, is not a well, bad record. Uh,
4: I think it's that um, much. one John, you'll beat them in 0-1 at home. Beat him in 0-1. 4 Beat him in 04 and then 2010. And then 2010. And you know uh, what?
6: The 2000 though, there at their place. Oh, that was. I don't was know dead. if y'all remember. Phil got hurt the week before. And, Eric started. And barely, his ankle was so swollen up. I mean, he could barely walk. And uh, so obviously he didn't start the first half. And uh, we kept it close, but we were getting beat. And then Phil comes in out of nowhere and almost wins the game for us on one leg. A mod Galloway running around the edge for about a 60-yard touchdown
3: run against the defense. I was at that game, too. We drove through the night to get there in 2000 because Carolina was undefeated. And that Bama team finished 3-8, and eight and they fired Mike DeBose.
6: Yeah, we had no business losing that game, by the way. Yeah, that was a tough one to lose that year. About like the Arkansas game at Little Rock, 0-1. Uh, yep, you were undefeated
3: yeah. there, too. I was at Hillcrest Stick Sports Park drunker Stick-
6: than – No, ranked number six in the country, I think. Yeah. They blocked Weaver's kick at the end. He let
3: Houston Nut beat him. Houston Nut was in his mind a little bit, I think, because they had some bad blood because he had cut Houston, I think, or fired him or something at Arkansas. There was some beef with Houston Nut and Lou Holtz going back to his Arkansas days, so that was unfortunate.
4: John, we're out of time. We're going to let you run on that note, man. Uh, we were supposed to keep you for 30 minutes, and we kept you for an extra 29. So, uh, checks <laughs> uh, in the mail, brother.
6: I was wide open. I, I actually had y'all pinned in for an hour regardless. So.
4: Fireside chat, man.
3: It's
5: awesome every, every single time. Fireside with Phil.
6: <laughs> yes, sir. Right.
5: Yeah, I'm glad to get me a, a fireplace background here. Yeah. Fireside with Phil, like old Mickle. The old smoke, smoke a pipe
4: on, on there.
5: Oh, hello. <laughs> yeah, that's right, yeah. Just smoke Phil's the jacket, yeah. Chat. It must be like Fair. Garcia, drinking curse the whole time. No. <laughs> <laughs> while, while his wife was back there shoveling concrete. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what made it, too, as he flashes it over to her. She's like, you know, shoveling sand. <laughs> He's, He's cracking sho- beers and jokes yeah. with us. It was like, She's all right, let's yeah. <laughs> Drinking it. beer, talking on the radio. She's
6: back there working, sweating right. her balls off. All- Garcia is one of a kind, man. He's one of those guys that is a uh, IDGF, if you know what that stands for.
3: Oh Um, yeah, no question. (laughs) And he loves it too. I mean, he doesn't. He's there's nothing fake about him at all. Nope, not at all. Not a not a bone in his body's fake.
4: No, he's real. I I always
3: I respect the hell out of people like
4: that. He's actually for people who don't know him, don't. He's a great guy. Uh, He really. He's a a great dad too. He's a great dad. He's a great guy, man. Sure is. Glad glad he's on our team. There's no doubt about that. John, um, I'm sure we'll talk, but have a wonderful weekend, brother. Thank you so much for all your time, and um, we'll uh, have you back here real soon.
6: All right, guys. Appreciate it. Enjoyed it.
4: There you go. The great John Strickland. Thanks to him, Schubert, Mad Dog, and all of you. We're out of time. We're off to the weekend. Enjoy some Billy G's Carolina barbecue and some chicken cock. We'll see you at 11 Monday morning on Inside the Gamecocks, the show.